Blog Talk Radio. Aren't we glad we've come out of the winter? 
Oh, my God. But because it's the first day of spring, springtime always reminds me of renewal. It's the time when we have Easter, resurrection, you know, the, uh, the resurrection of Christ, but also resurrections in our own little, you know, our own lives. You know, springtime is when the, you know, nature's way of renewing and replenishing the earth, right? You know, the earth, you start to see uh, flowers bloom, uh, you know, leaves on trees. It starts to get warmer outside consistently and stuff like that. So uh, there are so many things I feel like we can, so many lessons and things we can learn from springtime, but we can also use this time um, to renew ourselves. So we can use this time to maybe you're going through something like me this week, you know. I was, I feel like, you know, like, I, you know, I was going through a time where I feel like, I, you know, I'm always in a sense looking for a little bit of renewal. And I was like, you know what, there is some renewing I have to do of my own goals and ideas and things that I have in my own life, okay? And what a better, what better of a time to do in the springtime. Now, there are so many things that we can encounter every day that threaten to steal from us the core, my personal opinion, the core of who we are, okay, uh, our, our, which is our creativity, our joy, our being, you know, uh, sometimes it gets bogged down by responsibilities and stress. However, okay, this spring I want you guys to make a commitment to yourself to find you again, okay, to resurrect a better version of yourself and allow it to guide the way for you. Now, it will be uncomfortable because it's always uncomfortable when you put self first, okay? So for some of you, not all of us, you know, but for some of us it's very uncomfortable to put self first. But you ha- And people will call you, you know what happened? People will play on your guilt. People will call you selfish when you have to say no or when because you, you're busy trying to renew, focus on self and renew yourself and everything. People will say all kinds of things. And sometimes it will get messy, okay? But it's not real uh, focus on self and renewal and spiritual renewal if you don't have a little bit of all of that, okay? So no, it's going to be uncomfortable. It may get a little messy. It may get a little rough out in these streets as you're doing, as you're renewing yourself and you're restoring yourself and you're restoring things back in your life that is important to you. It's okay. It is fine, okay? Understand that's the path. That's the path. The path isn't always smooth, okay? But it's a path leading us to the destination of ourselves, okay? So, yeah, it's the word today is find yourself during the spring. Okay, let the spring, let the spring, the renewal of spring, be a chance to resurrect the core of you, the core being of you, the things that have gotten bogged down that you've been bogged down about, like as far as, you know, maybe it's a bunch of responsibilities, maybe it's stress, maybe your business hasn't been doing so well because of COVID, or maybe you're just now finding work after, the, you know, after because the pandemic in certain cities is starting to slow down and stuff like that. Maybe you're, are you're looking for work. Or you're, you know, you're just getting bogged down under the stress of so many things, whatever it may be. Maybe you're going through a rough time, rough patch in a relationship, whatever it is. Find your core again, your creativity, that special thing about you, your unique core, and be yourself. Be the best version of yourself. Be determined to resurrect the best version of you, okay? Simple. That's how it's the word today, okay? <laughs> it's quick and to the point. <laughs> All right, you guys. So 
When I get back, we got to get into this news out here in the streets and Hot Topics, because it is Hot Topics Saturday, even though we're going to have a guest, it's still Hot Topics Saturday, so we're going to talk about China demands Biden to ditch allies, okay? And the Teen Vogue editor is made to resign after old tweets were discovered, are discovered about her. Now, the, the, the new editor of Teen Vogue is a black woman. I have told y'all, remember, we talked about this. I have, I've always been a person that does not believe people should be suspended for old things they said or things they said, like Roseanne Barr. I, I was not for Roseanne Barr leaving Roseanne. The reason why I wasn't because I, what I, I feel like people, sometimes you do better by keeping people in positions when they say crazy things or something, because it's better for uh, the people that were attacked. You can you can maneuver things in a way. Like, say, for instance, when Roseanne Barr got fired from the show, from Roseanne, for saying what she said, all they, all they did was that. But if she had stayed on, then they could have been made to go further, like get black writers in place have a dialogue on the show. It would have been a number of things they could have done, okay? So I've I've never believed in people being just canceled or thrown to the side because I knew one day they'd come for black people, okay? (laughs) And that's what they have done, okay? So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, we're going to start it off with, y'all know, my fans. My favorite of all times, okay? All times, Luther Vandross. Bad boy. It's the bad boy having a party. It's the CC show, and I'll be back in a moment, y'all, okay? The bad boy swinging. <laughs>
like she can give me hot with the convo. Then we fight like Battle of the Alamo. What you do? Oh, here we go. Skin caramel, fry like baby hair cute. But she gon' raise a lot of hell. Truth is I'm running out of lot to tell. New chick, I'm the new chick. I done lost count of excuses about why we can't be exclusive. Yeah. But I be damned if I lose it. I can't say I never knew it. I can't playing with your heart like it's foolish. Sometimes when I think. What we could have been Hoping and dreaming We get back to the end Festival season We thought it never end Holding your hand Holes in my plans Tears in your eyes Walking up the doctors I've been feeling dead inside Baby, don't cry Know you're terrified And girl, so am I But here's with a peace of mind I hope we both find Confidence on both sides, he replied. 
So it's not lectures or long, winding statements. It's the opportunity for us to explain where we're coming from, to hear uh, where you're coming from, and to indicate at uh, bottom what our principles, our priorities, and our long-term strategies are. The unexpected rebuttal sparked a new round of commentary from the Chinese, from Chinese officials who made clear their, their irritation at the way U.S. officials prefaced the meeting with a week of travel to meet allies in the Indo-Pacific. It brings in China's relationship with the United States, with Japan, and with Australia, Chinese Foreign Minister Yi said. If the United States would indiscriminately protest and speak up for those countries just because they are your allies or partners, we believe for the long term then it will be very difficult for international relations to develop properly. China has imposed a series of economic punishments on Australia over the last year in retaliation for Australia's call for a credible investigation into the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. We are not going to leave Australia alone on on the field, Kurt Campbell, Sullivan's top lieutenant for the Indo-Pacific issues at the White House National Security Council, told Australia media this week. We have made clear that the U.S. is not prepared to improve relations in a bilateral and separate context at the same time that a close and dear ally is being subject to to a form of economic coercion. Bleakin's speaking moments before Sullivan delivered his own his own rejection of Yang's uh, rebukes, okay? Let's see. This is starting to, uh, let's just say this, it's not looking good, okay? Uh, The United States and China, China ramping up rhetoric this week. They didn't do that on the Trump. Trump had folks in check, okay? Let me just say that. Y'all might not like Trump out there. But Trump was checking foreign motherfuckers. He was checking them. <laughs> okay? Uh, but here's the deep foreign countries. Here's the thing, though. Um, they got points, but at the same time, China has its own set of problems. Uh, it is um, it is very interesting to see how this would go. China's flexing their muscle. I think most of the year American people are not hearing about this type of thing because they're diverting the attention to all kinds of other things out there. But uh, this is uh, has this rhetoric ramps up. It could be very uh, interesting in terms of how uh, it shapes the world and future uh, potential dangerous situations between uh, China and U.S. Uh, Relationship. It's very interesting, okay? Also in the news, okay, uh, this week, a teen vote editor resigns over after fury of racist, after fury over racist tweets, okay? Um, this, this was crazy to me. And this is why I've always said to people, you know, um, you know, listen, let me just tell you this. I'm going to just tell y'all right now. If 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 something happens where I blow up, I'm just tell you right now. It's gonna you gonna find all kind of shit on these shows, okay? <laughs> just tell you what it is. Some things I agree with, still some things I don't. You gonna I'm human. You gonna dig up all kind of stuff, okay? It is what it is. Now I apologize ahead of time. It says, Team Vogue editor resigns after fury over racist tweets. To hire, and this is according to uh, NewYorkTimes.com. It says, the hiring of Alexis McCammon, 
Is that her name? McCammon, who was supposed to start at the Condé Nash publication next week, drew complaints because of racist, homophobic tweets she had posted a decade ago when she was like 16 or 17. You know how much stupid shit I said at 16 and 17? Seriously. Well, I just we just didn't have Twitter around to record it, okay? Alex Alexi Alexi McCammon, who made her name as a as a politics reporter at the Washington News site, Axis, has had planned to start as editor in chief of Teen Vogue next Wednesday. Now after Teen Vogue staff members publicly condemned racist homophobic tweets, Miss McCammon have posted a decade she has resigned from the job. Condé Nast Teen Vogue's publisher announced the abrupt turn on Thursday in an internal email that was sent amid pressure from the publication staff, readers, and at least two advertisers just two weeks after the company had appointed her to the position. After speaking with Alexi this morning, we agreed that it was best to part ways so as to not overshadow the important work happening at Teen Vogue, Stan Duncan, the chief police people officer at Connie Nass said in the email, which was obtained by the New York Times. In a statement included in the email, Ms. McCammon said her past tweets have overshadowed the work I've done uh, to highlight the people and issues I care about. I wish the talented team uh, at Vogue the absolute best morning forward, okay? Ms. McCammon established herself as a prominent political reporter last year. She covered President Biden campaign for Access and was a contributor to MSNBC. Uh, she's also a member of uh, National Association of Black Journalists. Okay, uh, you know uh, it said her job became shaky after Connie Nass named her to the position when the offensive tweet she had posted as a teenager in 2011 resurfaced. They included comments on the appearance of Asian Asian features, derogatory stereotypes about Asians, and slurs for gay people. Ms. McCammon had apologized for the tweets in 2019 and deleted them. Screenshots of the tweets were recirculated on social media after her hiring at Teen Vogue was announced on March the 5th. Listen, this is just so stupid. It's just absolutely stupid to fire her over I, over something she did when she was 16 or 17. Even if she had did it last week, I would say it was stupid to fire her. Yes, I would say it was stupid to fire her if she had put those quotes up last week. If she gives an apology, that is a chance. See, people got to cut the firing out. The firing, see, the firing is stupid, especially with white supremacy, because this is why I say with white supremacists. That's how white supremacists, I'm not talking about her, this particular situation with this black woman right here, but I'm talking about white supremacists punish their own, particularly white liberals, in my opinion, punish their own for telling the plans, for telling how they really are. So what they do is punish them by speaking real rhetoric to, uh, like, real racial rhetoric so we see who they are. They punish them by firing and firing them, and then they don't have to do anything else. But by keeping them there, as black people, I would even demand that people like that stay there, do uh, uh, training, you know, in terms of racial uh, diversity training and stuff like that. But also you could put pressure on them to hire people in the group they, they talked about. You get a lot more things done keeping them there than you do letting them fire because what, what they ain't going to team, 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 what's wrong, ain't going to do nothing now. They already got rid of her. They don't feel like they got a cow to you unless they just really want to. 
They don't have to. So they can they don't have to count. They can they can they can they can go on with with, with whatever they was going to continue to do. Okay? So if they had kept her in there, she may have done more stories towards geared towards Asians, Asian teenagers and stuff like that. You get you learn more from each other by keeping those people in and having discussions and conversations, not just canceling them. I can say if it was if it's consistent, then that's when you have the cancellation. If you have consistent craziness coming out of somebody's mouth, then I get it. But canceling somebody for for something they said over a decade ago is real crazy. Okay, just and especially than when they were a teenager. Teenagers say the dumbest things, and this is this is just a lesson to kids out there that this social media game and adults too. Everything you say is on social media. I know everything I say. I I get it. I say some pretty controversial things on here, and I understand it's on social media. There's nothing I can do. I've said it. Sometimes after I say it, I go, oh, man, why did I say that? But it is there. And, I, you know, I, again, if, if you're offended, I apologize for you to you next. <laughs> because we can't keep doing this. We're humans. We, humanity is allowed to uh, be flawed. Humanity is flawed. That's how humanity learns lessons. That's how humanity learns to even racist. You know what I'm saying? If, you, if somebody says a racist thing, that doesn't mean it doesn't require attention. It means that, yes, attention, but also conversation and discussion, but not necessarily firing somebody right away. It just seems like a, a easy way to deal with uh, a deep-seated problem then instead of uh, getting deep down into the heart of the problem and dealing with it. Firing this young lady for something she said as a teenager makes no sense. There was, there's a, there was a lot of lessons that people could have learned, especially teenagers, from her staying on the job. So many things that they could have learned from her in this experience. She was great. To, she, she was, she's in the right place to be editor-in-chief, because just 11 years ago she said something on social media that that's haunting her now, and every teenager needs to learn that lesson and can relate to this young lady. But firing her was a dumb thing to do, just dumb. When you could have turned that around and used it to her speaking to certain situations, having discussion with Asian leaders and different things like that, having discussion with teenagers about what they write on the Internet. This was perfect for Teen Vogue, a perfect uh, a slant for Teen Vogue to go to. But instead, no, they, they went the easy route, firing. Just dumb. I don't think it was a good thing. I don't think it was a smart thing to do. Okay, so um, no, I disagree with that totally. I disagree with the uh, uh, the firing of this young lady. Okay, there is there are other things that uh, you can do in that moment uh, to uh, to reflect on the situation that has happened. But our cancellation isn't always the smartest thing to do, and it's partly being driven. Most cancellations are driven by press, media. When they don't have anything to talk, that's why I say media can ruin your life. They can be reckless, okay? When they, they don't have anything to report on, they will pick up something and they will brawl beat it. I mean, beat it, beat it. And now, you know, media is uh, media is at a point now that where media has just gone to extremes, 
right? It's, 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 I mean, very big extremes for ratings. So that's unfortunate, okay? So sometimes they'll draw these uh, scenarios, I mean, out and cause people uh, to be in a situation where they'll end up, um, you know, fired, okay, from something they said 100 years ago. Just crazy, all right? So uh, let's go into Bill Gates since some tax proposals have gone too far. <laughs> oh, this is according to Bloomberg.com. It's saying Bill Gates is in favor of raising some taxes, but says some proposals seem to go too far, okay? Uh, the government has done has got to do more, okay? has to do with health, health costs, pandemic recovery, Recovery, climate investments, foreign and gener- aid generosity. The billionaire said Friday during the Ask Me Anything question and answer session on Reddit. So I have pushed for some higher taxes. I have disagreed with some proposals that seem to go too far. The Microsoft Corp co-founder called taxes a important issue, but didn't mention any tax proposals during the exchange. His comments follow a series of proposed wealth taxes at the state and national level. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren proposed this month that ultra millionaire tax the ultra millionaire tax act which that is I don't even like the sound of that okay because in some senses while I do believe the rich should be uh, taxed at somewhat of a higher bracket it is also a, a a point where sometimes the rich are punished because they're rich you know what I'm saying and I'm not wanting people to get punished just because they're rich. I'm not that I'm not that person. I know I don't I mean I'm not a hater like that. But I do want people to pay their fair share or whatever like that, which we know the rich hardly ever do. But the rich also provide most of them, the rich and middle class uh businesses or self business owners there sometimes provide jobs and a whole lot of other things within the society, okay, so you have to balance certain rich people, not all, but uh, you have to balance that out too. But the ultra millionaire tax act just sounds kind of a little wild. But it just says we would apply a two percent annual levy on households and trusts valued at between fifty million and one billion. All net worth over a billion would be taxed at three percent, costing the hundred richest Americans about seventy eight billion, according to Bloomberg analysis. This bill is alike, unlikely to go far in a narrowly divided Congress. Gates is the third wealthiest person in the world with a $138 billion fortune, according to Bloomberg Billionaires Index. He previously called for raising levels on the rich to tackle some soaring inequality, including a blog post at the end of 2019 that suggested closing loopholes and hiking capital gains tax so that it equals the rate in labor income. He said uh, on Reddit that uh, Reddit form that that increased estate taxes can be an effective tool for raising revenue and avoiding dynastic wealth. <sighs> Says Bill Gates, who has 138 billion dollars. Doesn't it seem strange that the guy who has a lot of money is advising the Congress about how they should tax? <laughs> tax him, and he's probably going to get him out of it anyway, okay? That's the one thing strange about these billionaires. They will tell people that, how they about taxing. And, you know, it, it really is power plays because when they pay all this money into the system, they really work the system from that point. So sometimes they don't mind paying the extra taxes because they're going to work the system in some sort of way. Uh, they're never giving away anything, in my opinion, for free. 
<laughs> they're not paying you paying extra taxes because they want to see the world a better place. That's what they say. But really it buys them influence with politicians. It buys them influence in the, in the worlds of government and everything. So, you know, I totally, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't uh, necessarily agree with uh, Bill Gates. One of the ways that we can attack uh, soaring in inequality, especially with African Americans in, in, in the United States, just simply reparations. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys are able, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg of the world, stuff like that, are able to get wealthy because part of it is their, um, and I want to say this in the right way, part of it is because being a white male in society can grant you certain uh, certain privileges ahead of, you know, ahead of time. And they they may not have had to endure certain things that African Americans had to endure. So they definitely didn't have to endure. So they have to so with our background being slave trade slavery and everything like that, Jim Crow laws and stuff like that, they've made it hard for us to be able to catch up or get on an even pain level with them. So uh, the reparations is something that has to be considered for black America uh, descendants of slaves. I definitely think that. So um so that's one of the ways. And then there's, there's other ways that I feel like deeper, deeper ways to fix society's ills in terms of other than taxing, okay? Because sometimes what happens with taxes, government mishandles money. Money ends up missing. You see that from lottery taxes, right? In most states, lottery taxes, sometimes they'll end up looking at lottery taxes and they don't know where half the money went to because they, there's been a mishandling of funds. And government bureaucracy, uh, you know, some would say thievery and all kinds of things exist that will eat sometimes eat away at uh, money supposed to be used in government towards building a better infrastructure, okay? So very interesting that uh, what Bill Gates is having to say on the street. Bill Gates be talking a lot. I mean, I don't know when did y'all start listening to Bill Gates for anything other than uh, the computer. It's, I mean, it's really kind of crazy. <laughs> But uh, I digress, okay? So let's talk about uh, vaccines, vaccinations, okay? A lot of people are saying that, you know, that they don't, I don't know what poll. Now, listen, I don't know what who they be polling. It's weird. It's strange. When I hear these polls, I always question, like, mm, is this a real poll? But they're saying Americans are saying no vaccine, no flight poll. Okay, I don't know who they be polling out here. She, to me, the media sells narratives all the time, but uh, it says a growing number, and this is from Yahoo.com, it's saying a growing number of Americans are eager to get the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> Not the people I know. But anyway, it says in a majority favor putting restrictions, uh, restrictions on unvaccinated Americans when it comes to travel and public gatherings. Now, here's, let me stop right there. Why are vaccinated people interested in putting restrictions on non-vaccinated people. Now, let me explain something. You know in the world that there are lots of people that are not vaccinated with any vaccination because people, there are some people, people, we've always gone to school with people who haven't been vaccinated for measles, chicken pox, you know, pox, a lot of these big polio, a lot of these big vaccinations because simply they religiously don't believe in vaccinations. 
right? And so they've been allowed to not have vaccines. So we've always been around people that we didn't know that didn't have that weren't vaccinated. So why all of a sudden do you want to push vaccinations on people, especially when you're protected, you're supposed to be protected, so why do you care about the people who don't want them? Interesting, okay? But it says altogether 54% of the respondents said they were very interested in getting vaccinated. That's up from 41% in January. Still more than a quarter, 27% said they were not interested in getting vaccinated. As U.S. Uh, President Joe Biden forecasts a return toward life as usual by the summer, a majority of Americans want to limit the ways unvaccinated people move about in public. Nearly three-quarters of response uh, respondents, 70%, 72% said it was important to know if people around them were vaccinated, okay? It was important for them to know if people were vaccinated. I told y'all they was going to start breaking down these HIPAA laws. That's why I said people going on live and getting vaccination shots and saying, I got my shot today, that's your health. Your health is your private is your privacy. There are laws against, you know, where people don't, you know, they can't access your health records and stuff like that. But with COVID, we kind of we kind of slacked on this, and we've, we've, we've opened our health care up for everybody in the world to see. So now people are saying, hey, I'm interested to know if you've been, you've been vaccinated or not. Why? It's crazy, okay? But that's, a, that's I told you these laws are going to get set in place. But it says, uh, um, it says 62% said unvaccinated people should not be allowed to travel on airplanes. 55% agree that unvaccinated people should not exercise in public gyms, sit in movie theaters, or attend concerts. Wow. But they don't know they've already been going to, you already have been going to concerts and things with people who are not vaccinated for everything. Facts. I don't know where this is coming from with COVID, okay? But it says, and, and with hiring bounce. And with hiring Basson back, more Americans are ready to return to office. Sixty percent say they wanted to work for an employee who requires staff to receive a coronavirus vaccine before coming back to work. Well, they're going to ask for a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> wow, this is interesting. Uh, you guys can read this article on Yahoo.com, uh, a little scary. I don't. I would love to see who they're polling. I don't believe, uh, when I see this in the press, I mean, the polls are always really strange to me, how they say, well, we polled so, so many Americans. Who did you poll? I mean, where? I mean, <laughs> and how did you poll, right? So I don't necessarily believe the polls, but to uh, for Americans to, for people to be, say, pressuring other people to get a vaccination, that's like when I heard Stephen A. Smith getting upset with LeBron James because he didn't want to stay, share the status of whether or not he gets vaccinated because he feels that's a personal choice for him and his family, and I agree. But he got on television, they said Stephen A. Smith, and started getting angry, like, like about LeBron James not sharing and saying he got a responsibility. No, he don't. He don't got a responsibility because if he, if, he, if he takes a shot and something happens to him, then nobody who's gonna do anything? Who's gonna do something? Nobody but him and his family. It's gonna be up to him and his family to take care of whatever happens afterwards as a result of that vaccine. So it's nobody it's not his 
his, his thing to go out here and start uh, pumping up vaccinations for people. That's a personal choice, and it's personal for you to to do it if you want to do it. Just ridiculous to me, okay? All right, so we got a caller on the line, 314. You are on with the CC Show. What's up? Hey, Charlotte. How are you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm going to hit on some things real briefly. Okay. I heard Joe Biden say, telling people to get their shot, and he said this, because the virus is going to be back again and again and again and again. He said it four times. Wow. So is he telling you something? That you Definitely. gonna have four more pandemics so you got to get shot for? Wow. Pretty Another weird. thing, you talk about the news. You remember when Donald Trump was uh, at West Point, he was coming down a ramp and it was it was slippery because I think it had rain. Yeah. I and the that. news media was talking about his dementia. Talking about his cars and his disability. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you heard them say about Joe Biden falling three times going up the steps to the plane? <laughs> You're not gonna. They, I mean, Joe Biden's a media darling. You're not gonna hear. <laughs> no, I just wanted to show you hypocrisy. Yeah. Another thing. Is. Another thing. His staff members for Joe Biden administration have to fill out applications. And they have to indicate if they ever smoked marijuana. Yeah. And, of course, they kind of question that, and they say, oh, no, this administration is pro-marijuana. Okay. Well, they got fired. I heard that. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, yeah. wait a minute. Hang on. So they said that, yes, we have smoked marijuana in the past. And they got fired. Well, how about Kamala Harris? Oh, good point. You're right. Well, she should be getting fired, too. Right. She's admitted to that. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And laughs at it. Yes. It just goes to show you the hypocrisy with these Democrats and the news media that supports them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about something else, Charlotte. Why come blacks aren't complaining about all these immigrants that's coming across the border? Joe Biden stopped the wall, didn't even let him put the gates in the portion of the walls that was already installed. Like you say, these people coming from South America, they ain't had no shots. Right. If they are running from the government, surely they ain't going to let the government inoculate their children. They're scared of the government. um, And they've been testing them at the border, and a lot of people have been coming up with COVID. So it's a very dangerous thing to be letting them into the borders. And and, and it's very dangerous. But, you know, there are groups of black people who are complaining about illegal immigration. I mean, you got people like – uh, Yvette Cornell, uh, Antonio Moore, you got even Tariq Nasheed. I mean, you got a lot of people who are starting to pick up on going, wait a minute, you know, and them getting a lot of goodies and freebies, but you haven't addressed the issues with black America yet as far as entrepreneurship and oh, other things like this. 
I'm happy well, to tell you. I never hear them on Democracy Now. Yeah, they are. They are. But you know what? They are considered, you know, they are considered the outcasts. Like, say, for instance, you know, they only talk to Democratic speaking points. Now, people like Yvette and them are, they, they've, they've been putting, trying to put pressure on the Democratic Party. They were once Democrat. Now they're, like, putting pressure on everybody. They, they've kind of come away from that. But at the same time, they, they're kind of like no, no, not political party affiliated. So the Democrats, you won't see them pushing them because, you know, they push more people like Al Sharpton and stuff like that who are going to push their talking points. But people like them are not going to necessarily push Democratic talking points, so they got a problem with those. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe Biden is a he got to step behind and get with the Hispanics. Yes, right. it was. He had a, he he did a horrible. I mean, the the tape is there. It was before the election. I don't know why black people weren't very angry about black leaders weren't very angry about that those phone calls that he made to black leaders, and he was very he was he was pretty uh pretty straightforward on those phone calls. So uh, oh. and he wasn't about not helping the black community. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They uh, see blacks were sold this. Yeah, they were sold this narrative, like they have been conditioned to vote Democrats all the time. It's totally ridiculous. And you know, here's yeah, another I... thing: all blacks don't vote Democrat because when you move up in your economic status, education, and so forth, you're gonna see the difference. Now you just have to be talking about taxes. So all those black football players, you know, your top ten quarterbacks, uh, I think the majority of them are black, and they're making anywhere from $25, 30 $45 million a year. Right. And your ba- your basketball players, LeBron James and them. So Elizabeth Warren's tax is going to tax the hell out of them. Yes. He ain't saying nothing. Well, you know what? Fifty Cent tried before the election. Fifty Cent had came out. He got angry about uh, the taxes he saw in New York. He said he would be double taxed. There's no way he was moving out of New York, and he wasn't going to vote for uh, he wasn't going to vote for Biden. He was going to vote for Trump. And people got so angry with him that he had to retract what he said. <laughs> And I mean, you know, but there, but there have been other rappers and people that came out and said, "I'm not going to vote because of my taxes," you know, and stuff like that. So it is interesting that you know there are some people pulling away from the idea that Republicans, I mean, that Democrats have, you know, have the lock right there because of. And there, there have been some people who spoke out about it. It's just that they they have gotten beaten over the head. When they do. When they <laughs> You're absolutely right. People, yeah. See, it's not the day. The day is the people. The people in the United States, not the ones we just got you mentioned, but others like the ones that say you shouldn't be able to come back to work because you ain't been vaccinated. These people right. are crazy. No other description for it. They're not dumb. They're not ignorant. They're just crazy. And this is the type of society that we are facing today. People that's in society has been conditioned and educated out of their complete mind. I'm telling you, it's like nothing I ever have seen before and nothing like I never imagined I would see. And it's really, you really know, silly. 
Well, well, we now we're finding out things like I I, I told people that one of the, the great articles to read was Tom had an article last month about how they worked in concert, different organizations worked in concert to change the narrative of the media and everything to get Donald Trump out of office. I mean, it was cra- It was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. But it well, but one of the things in that. They uh, they kind of done. They started to influence people with certain things that weren't true, including ramping up certain parts of the COVID virus. So, uh, you know, this I think this is I think what people don't understand, though, what the Democrats don't understand is that when they sided with groups, these groups and groups like the technocrats and stuff like that. They've also signed their own demise because if you if you don't want freedom of speech for one group of people or you don't want certain freedoms for one group of people, then they're going to come at you too. So, and I think Democrats are starting to see this now with Cuomo. Cuomo is being ran out of there. Literally, I mean, they're literally about to. Oh yeah, he was. uh, I believe you. Remember? (laughs) Yeah. He belonged to the I believe you squad. Yeah. Now. With all these seven women coming out against him, you don't want nobody to believe what they're saying. Yes, now, now suddenly Brett Kavanaugh isn't such uh, isn't so crazy. That's, so uh, you know, I think they're understanding that this doesn't just go one way. Now this is going. You have also sold your you sold your soul. <laughs> so uh, this it'll be interesting to see how they how this works out. Now, you remember the thing with these two cartoon characters, the skunks? Yes. What's their name? Oh, Pippi Le Pew. You're talking about Pippi Le Pew, the Pippi Le Pew character, the cartoon? Yeah, you know the the (laughs) position that they are portrayed in. And people are saying that that's uh, misogyny and it goes against females and so on and so on. Well, somebody put a picture out with Beyonce and another woman practically in the same position. Have you yeah, seen yeah, that yet? No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. But I, I mean, I think it's absolutely. I think we're going. I think they're at this point now. They're testing to see what people are going to accept and what people are not. It's just ridiculous to talk about. Oh yeah. A cartoon with Meg the Stallion and, 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 you know, and I don't have any problem with, you know, I understand sexuality shows up on the Grammy Awards, but Meg the Stallion and Cardi B was on TV, I mean, like literally having a, a very sexual thing. So, I, I mean, I don't see, I don't understand what's the problem with cartoons. <laughs> it's, I mean, they even Yeah, and especially for cartoons that's been out for, for decades, and that yeah, guy they, made, they, I don't know, that person made the Stallion, stallion I think, uh, they showed a picture where his dress, or her dress, was parted, and they could see his testicles. Was that true? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't see that part of it. I mean, I, I know that they get pretty riled at the music awards shows. So, I mean, if we can allow that, I mean, surely we could. I mean, cartoons, especially even with Dr. Seuss. I mean, Dr. Seuss, even with Dr. Seuss in the in the day, I think. He did have some things in his cartoon books that may have been deemed defensive, deemed defensive now, but in the time it was written, it was the time. So you know, yes, I think that you have to let his you you have to take it at its historical value, 
and just kind of let it, you know, whatever, let it ride. I don't think you can go back and just start eliminating everything. Like, I don't believe in taking down statues or anything like that. And the reason why no. is you erase the I want the past my Aunt Jemima back. I want my Uncle <laughs> Ben back. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm that's the family getting paid for that. That's why I, I, I disagree with the Aunt Jemima thing. There was an actual family a woman's family and likeness they've been using for years, a black family who was getting paid from that. I don't want them to be without, you know, they got paid oh, lots yeah. of money. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Uncle Ben, yeah, so when I was a little boy, I used to eat my cream of wheat, and I used to like mine lumpy, and there was Uncle Ben that smiled me on to get me ready to go to school. <laughs> Well, you know, people, everybody, everything is offending everybody nowadays, so I'm, I'm not surprised on that. But thank you so much for calling in. I always enjoy talking okay. to you. Okay. I'll talk to you All later. Right, All right, bye. Oh, my goodness. That, I mean, you know, I always enjoy talking to Pianchi because he, he always has some interesting things to say. Sometimes we may disagree, but I really like, you know, because he's, he's more on the uh, Republican. I'm, in the, I'm independent, so I have a – I can be libertarian at times, so I respect – others' opinions and views. And, I, I mean, you know, it's crazy. I do see a lot of the nuttiness they are doing right now, and we are in a strange, strange, strange time. I'm calling it the Twilight Zone come to life. I'm like, you know, and we're later on after I do this interview with Nivea, we're going to talk about more hot topics. We're going to talk about Meghan Markle is allegedly looking at Ian running for president. Okay. <laughs> Like anything's possible. <laughs> We're in the Twilight Zone. Technically, right now, we are in the Twilight Zone. So, Mayor Markle becoming president I, in about four to five years, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, we're going to go on a break, but when I come back, we're going to go into, uh, we're going to talk with Nivia Hansen about boudoir uh, uh, shoots, and we're going to talk about her career in photography whole lot more so uh you guys i'll be back in a moment let's uh let's see here we're gonna listen to bruno morris and anderson pop leave the door open it's the cc show i'll be back in a moment Like, like, if you smoke, what you smoke? I got 
However, he has been accused by multiple women of abuse. No, I don't understand why he hasn't been Me Too'd yet. I mean, Me Too picks and chooses their shit, you know? I mean, there was a whole fucking movie done. Michelle A. did a whole fucking movie on her life, and in that was claims of Dre abuse. Now his wife is saying she's been abused, but Dre is saying it's a false allegation. Okay, so we're going to get into that in a minute, what she said, but let's finish reading why, why he wants to be single. Okay, he's ready to be single. Wednesday, a filing comes just days after a judge denied a restraining order filed by Young against her estranged husband after a son released by the rapper prompted her to fear for her safety. Young 51 requested the emergency domestic violence restraining order against her ex 56 after he released a song last month, which he referred to her as a greedy bitch and a perjurer, according to TMZ. Young claims that while none of uh, this is news, she is now concerned for her safety after the release of the song and alleges he has upped it to ante is now outright threatening to keep me to keep my mouth shut or else, okay? Um, now, you know, he's having health problems. I don't know why you would want to go through this. I mean, it's just a stubborn, you know, let me just say something, ladies, okay? Can I just say something? And this is no offense to Dr. Dre. I don't know what type of person he is, but I'm just saying the vibes I'm getting right now, okay? You can meet a man who has a lot of money, but he can still be a fucking dusty, okay? Me can be dusties with money. Famous men can be dusties. Apparently, Dr. Dre gives me a lot of dustiness. I mean, the question is, do you want to go keep going through this? Do you just want to keep her out here in these streets running around? I think Dr. Dre has not been me too yet, so he feels a sense. He may, I don't know if he's giving money to the movement. I don't know what's happening, but he feels very free with her running around out here putting these allegations. Now, we know that years ago, I mean, we still, do we got still say allegedly about D-Born? Is it still allegedly? I don't know. We'll say allegedly to keep it safe. But remember, he allegedly kicked D-Born's ass. Now, that's fact. She even came out this week and said something about the wife not getting a, uh, uh, um, uh, a restraining order. She understands because she was abused. She said about in the same way, and it's legendary what he did to her for no fucking reason, allegedly. Not only that, but Michelle Lay put a whole movie out here. I don't see the Me Too movement running out here going, we got to quit the cancel Dre. Stop Dre. I think I've always said I feel like the Me Too movement is something made up to target certain people. Like, you know? Um, If I was Dre, I'd be very afraid right now. I'd be like, you know what? I need to uh, literally, um, you know, stop her from before I get Me Too. But now this story comes out this week about Dr. Dre. Let me see if we got it up here. Uh, let me put this, pull it up here. I don't know if I got it up all the way, but there is an interesting story that comes out on him about the wife saying that not only that she that has she been abused. Now we don't know we don't know if her claims are true. 
all we can do is go by past things, and it'd be easy to blame a guy like him with considering his past for something, and, you know, people would easily believe it, right? Um, okay, let me see. Is it up? Okay. She is saying that he knocked her out cold in a drunken rage, okay? Now, this is what Nicole Young is claiming, allegedly, out in these streets. Let's see if we can pull this up, this particular story. Okay. Uh, okay. It is saying, this is from the Sun, dot, uh, the Sun in the U.K. It says, Dr. Dre's ex-wife claims rapper knocked me out cold during a drunken rage and denied restraining order. Dr. Dre's ex-wife, Nicole Young, claimed the rapper knocked me out cold. Uh, the lawyer requested the court to grant her a restraining order a few days ago, but was denied by the judge, okay? Uh, in a new court document obtained by the blast, a judge denied Nicole's request for a restraining order against Dre after she detailed a series of alleged abusive fights between them, okay? The couple will now be forced to face each other in the open court as they settle their divorce. The lawyer's allegations came to light after the judge denied her request for a restraining order. In one shocking allegation, according to the court documents, Nicole claimed that during an argument with Dre, he punched her squarely in the face, knocking her out cold. She further claimed that in 1999, not long after the birth of their second child, Andre felt I disrespected him while he was at a party, okay? He pulled me away and punched me squarely in the face, knocking me out cold. She continued, I woke up in the passenger seat of our car out of seat. Let's see. Let me see this, huh? Uh, wait a minute, hold on. Let's see. Without uh, a seat belt and Andre speeding over 100 miles per hour on the 118 freeway. Andre was drunk and out of control. He was swerving, weaving, screaming at me. I was terrified, and Andre would crash that Andre would crash into the center divide. She further claimed he threw my planner, which contained photographs of our young children, out the car window. I begged him to stop, slow down the entire time we were in the car. Nicole also claimed that an earlier incident, which allegedly happened in 1995, in September of 1995, during an argument, which Andre accused me of being ungrateful for the life he was providing me, decided to leave him and uh, move out of his house. As I was packing up my things, Andre, who was drunk and irate, I was standing up to him, grabbed me by the neck, lifted me off the uh, door, and slammed me up against the wall, okay? Uh, listen, okay, uh, these are not recent. Probably that's why they denied the allegations. They were in the 90s. Shit. It's a long Has Dre done any shit recently? Uh, uh, how they said, however, Dr. Dre hit back with an opposition that claimed he hasn't seen his ex-wife in a long time and that there's no need for a restraining order, okay? Oh, she said she's also been receiving uh, death threats from Dr. Dre's fan base, okay? Um, listen, I, here's the thing. I think, I don't think he's dumb enough to do anything to you right now. I see probably why the judge didn't give you a restraining order. Those incidents happened in the 90s. And unfortunately for her, and this is what I will say, when you don't call the fucking police on these abusers, they end up skating through. You know what I'm saying? you got to call the police on somebody hitting you and choking you. I don't give a fuck. I, you know, first of all, you ain't going to hit and choke me. Hey, I'm, just I'm not the one. 
it's not really good to do that, okay? So Dr. Dre's wife probably should have, she, she at some point in the game, she probably should have been setting precedence for what was happening to her, okay? So, you know, that is uh, the sad part of this case. It's not that we can't believe her, though. I, it's not that I don't believe in the because other people claimed in the 90s abuse from Dr. Dre, too. So I am not surprised about these allegations. Why Dr. Dre does not want to just pay her and let her let and have a peaceful divorce, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, she's going to keep coming. She hasn't stopped yet, and she's clearly a formidable force. I mean, she, she's been married to him for 24 years. She knows where all the bodies are buried. Dre, she knows, okay? So, uh, and she, I, I feel like she's not telling it all. So, uh, and, you know, she may, maybe she's saving it all for the book. <laughs> maybe that's the threat. Usually there's a book in the threat, you know, there's a book, a tell-all coming. So I, and would I be surprised about a tell-all book from her? Not at all. With the way she's been moving, not at all, okay? All right, you guys, when we come back, we are going to uh, talk to uh, Nivia Hansen. I told you guys she's here to talk, I mean, talk to me about, she's on the line to talk to me about uh, her being a photographer and the boudoir shoots, okay, uh, the sexy shoots. I've been talking to you guys about this for the last couple of weeks and how they're fun to do. So we're going to get her on the line to talk to you guys about that. Meanwhile, we're going to go on a little bit of a break, and I'll be back in a moment. We're going to start off with Jill Scott, Lovely Day. It's the CC Show. Be back in a moment.
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. What's up, you guys? I am back on the Carlotta Chatwood Show. And if you guys are just now tuning in, I have got on the line with me. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to her. Nivia Hansen, she's a photographer out of DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, and she does these really nice shoots called boudoir shoots. And I want to talk to her about a little bit about what she does and everything. So welcome to the show, Nivia Hansen. What's up, Nivia? Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you doing? I mean, doing great. I'm doing great. This weather is coming out very nicely for spring and you know I'm I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I know it's really nice out there. I'm like, oh my goodness. But you know what? Since we had that bad week, we had that real bad so it's, it's the weather's been I mean anything's better than that. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, bring it on. Give me all the sun. <laughs> You know, Nivia, uh, you are a sort of a certified boudoir uh, photographer. So people yeah. are like, "What is boudoir shoots?" I know I have a lot of my friends since I've done one. They're all like, "What? What is?" Yeah, it? I, I, people are so excited about it. So can you explain to my listeners yeah. what a boudoir session is like? Yes. So there are many ways that women can and are encouraged to, um, you know, do self-care, right? Because that's so important to Mm -hmm. us. We give so much to all of the different hats that we wear, and we sort of put ourselves last, like not sort of, most of the time. And this is just one of those ways that you can, yeah, this is one of those ways that you can provide, give yourself a little pampering, self-care. I know we love to, like, you know, we go to the salons or, you know, nowadays you find your personal um, person to come and, you know, do your nails and your toes, get your hair done. Um, and those are great. But so this is a, another way to give yourself that pampering, that day of, I don't know, beautifying yourself. <laughs> but yes. the plus side is, is that you get to, you know, get um, this photo shoot done and kind of like, you know, have this memento of this day and get to see yourself in this beautiful, glamorous way and give yourself this boost of confidence. Cause I think we kind of lose sight of that when we're, you know, doing laundry or cooking dishes or being the show for, for, you know, family and friends or, you know, the day to day grind. Um, and we forget how beautiful we are and we kind of lose that self-confidence because when we look in the mirror day to day, it's not there. You know what I mean? So this is kind of helped with that confidence boost and that reminder of who we are and who we can be and that we're all beautiful. You know, and, and that's so true because I, I did, I always, I tell my listeners I did a session with you and mm-hmm. I could tell the difference, like, you know, how I felt yeah. about myself after I did it. And years ago, I would have never, ever, <laughs> ever done something like that. <laughs> Yeah, right. so, yeah. Well, I I knew when I saw I saw you I saw it advertised on on social media and I was like you know what I'm yeah. gonna call her up and I'm gonna see yeah. her, what it's like to do you know a session and it was, yeah. it was so it, I wanted to do it because I wanted to lift up myself especially after I had you know been going through a weight loss journey 
and yes. so many things. Oh, yes. And this, this helps so much. But I want to know from you, what are some of the main reasons that women choose, like you hear all the time, like self-care, but yes. what are some of the yes. other reasons that they decide to do yes. this session with you? Oh, yeah, there are tons of reasons. So the self-confidence boost is one because that's like, you know, something you're doing for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. But you could also do it like as a birthday. Like there are ladies that do it every year for their birthday because they're like, this is the year um, I want to celebrate. You know, this is the year I want to, you know, look back on and be like, like for their 40th or their 50th. But I've had ladies do it for their 32nd or because last year was such, you know, a crap show. This year, it's not going to be that way. You know what I mean? Um, right, right. I've had ladies do it. I've had ladies do it that are coming out of very bad, horrific relationships, and so they've been so demoralized, and they've lost so much of their sense of identity. This is like a fresh start for them. This is they want to see themselves differently, because a boudoir session helps you step out. Like you said, you were so nervous, and there's so many ladies that are anxious about it and, you know, being able to be that vulnerable in front of the camera. Um, But once you get past that and you conquer this, that like, like I get chills thinking about it because there's, like you said, like afterwards, it's like this amazing feeling of, you know, I did that. I conquered that. Um, So um, other things like anniversaries are definitely a big thing because, you know, your boo thing deserves to see you like this for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. I've had ladies that, like you, you said, like you've lost a lot. I've had ladies that have lost, you know, over 100 pounds, and so they've got literally got a new body. Um, but I've had ladies wow. who have just had a baby, and they have a new mom body, and they want to love that body because it gave life, you know, to their child, their mm-hmm. first child, the third child, the last child. Um <laughs> So, you know, they've got a new, and I think you need to appreciate your body at every stage of life. I've had ladies that are, um, I had one that was 64 years old, and she was like, she um, had done one a long, long time ago, but she wanted to celebrate the stage that she was in now. So, tons I of love that. Whoa, that is, now that's cool. I love that. That is so, I mean, just yes. that, there's no limit because even you know I have one friend who said to me I want to do that but I want to wait until I wait until I lose my son I'm like look at me I'm, I'm still plus I, I I did it and it, I don't think it just because people get caught up on their size but I said you know yeah Nivia just has an eye and she can make you look beautiful <laughs> like in ways yes. that, I mean <laughs> I've never seen so. Yeah. How do you feel with people who are scared to do it because they feel like they got to be the perfect shape or the, right. you know, I hear body. that. I hear that. Yes. So I tell every lady, because I can't, um, I can't kick that out of it. Like, so we're our worst critics, right? Because we see every flaw. Yeah. We stand in front of the mirror and we see ourselves, right? So I can't completely, like, tell you I'm going to get rid of that. I can't comfort you to that point, right? That, um, mm-hmm. But I can tell you that when you get here in front of my camera and with me that, um, you know, I'm going to do my best with lighting and angles to highlight your best features and make you shine, right? Um, so yeah. I've had ladies that have lost 100 pounds and they've got, you know, some sagging skin. Well, we're going to twist and turn you, girl, and them angles and that lighting <laughs> And, you know, we're going to still have a great session. 
Um, I know there's yeah. a lot of ladies that have like, you know, stretch marks, cellulite, C-section scars, yes. or, you know, a tattoo that they got a long time ago. And they're like, why did I do that? I don't want that in my pictures. Like I offer a hundred percent full retouching on the images. So, you know, we, if you, if you want that level of retouching on your images, I, I do offer that. And then there have some ladies yeah. that want all natural because that's the body that they have and they want to celebrate it as is. And I'm like, girl, we will let you shine too. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't downplay the concerns cause that is real. Right. Um, right. but I do tell you that I try to make you as comfortable as possible and I want your images, your portraits, your album to be what you want it to be too. Cause I'm here to serve you. Now, Vivian, when people come into your sessions, what can I, mm-hmm. I know what it's like, uh, but what can the women expect? How do they flow? Cause, you know, it's the nerves of just going. So what yes. happens during the whole session? Like what exactly happens? Yes. So, and I know part of it is like the fear of the unknown. Cause like, I'm not going to sign yeah. up unless I know, which is why you like <laughs> promoting your session will help ladies like, okay, she's been there, done that. And you know, now I feel better about it. So yes. Yeah. Um, so first of all, like we, I always, I talk to every client prior to booking a session just because I want you to hear me, see me, get comfortable for me from the beginning. And I want to explain the process. So that's very important to me that we start building some kind of rapport from the start. So you'll hear from me personally booking a session. And then secondly, hair and makeup styling are included. Um, And um, I do hire a professional for that because that's not my lane. So I'll let somebody else (laughs) do that part. Yeah, um, and you I, know what? They do great. Can I just say that? I mean, let me tell. I, yes! I, some of my some of my people have seen my pictures, and my friends are all like, "Yes, what? yes." yes. So, it makes a difference. I, it makes a difference. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, as far as like the day of your session, so we got the hair and the makeup, and then you know we have the outfit. So a full session for me includes three to six outfit changes. I do have a client closet. Um, and I build on it as much as I can without going overboard because you know how we like to shop. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I have I have sizes from small through 4X, so you bring some pieces, I have some pieces, and we will definitely have a full session. Um, and I have everything ranging from body change to um, corsets, strappy lingerie, sheer lingerie. Um, I have a lot of accessories, so I try to – help you make the session amazing. Um, So then, you know, after hair and makeup, we get your outfits together, decide on the order. um, And then there's the photo session itself, which I will guide you fully. And you know this, like from start to finish, I'm posing with you. I dress up with you. (laughs) So if you're wearing pearls, I'm wearing pearls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah. I have I have the angel wings, which you had, uh, you know, the chance and the opportunity yeah. to use as well. Um, and yeah. I have four different colors now. I think I just had the black and the white when you did your session, but I have a peach color yeah. and I have a pink color now. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I try to get in a variety of things during the session. I have a variety of backdrops. And every pose I do before you or with you, we do a variation with, you know, different legs or different hand placements. I try to get some facial expressions out of you, so I'm coaching and guiding you to 
deep breath and give me that look of pleasure or flirt with me, you know, um, yeah. playing the music. So I try to make it a fun, comfortable environment um, just so, you know, you can be your best you for the photo session. Um, afterwards, yeah. you know, we schedule a time for you to come back and review the images, which that time gives me, um, or it gives me time to, you know, do the full retouching on the images so that you can see an amazing final product when you come back. And that's like pretty that. much that's it. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. And, and ladies, it's an easy process. I'm telling you, I had so much fun. The hardest part was picking the pictures <laughs> up. <laughs> That's the hardest exactly. part. Exactly. That's the hardest yes. part. <laughs> okay, so yep. what type of sessions do you offer? What type? Like, right. I know you can do them different ways. Yes. So, and I have a couple different options since you um, were here, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to share this with you even. Um, so okay. I do the traditional boudoir session, which is what you did, right, where you have your three to mm-hmm. six outfits. Right. I take you through all around my studio <laughs> with the different backdrops um, and then the different yeah. props that I have. Um, I do couple sessions. So if you and your, you, you know, your boo thing, I say boo thing. I know that is just like so old, but <laughs> that's what I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> We're on the same page. Okay. 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 Yes. So um, <laughs> I actually just did one um, last week. And, or the week before last, um, so an amazing couple came in, and, you know, I pose you. Um, she actually did her own session, and then for her last outfit, he came in as an add-on, and so we did some oh. images or spent some time with him. Yes, so it was super, super awesome. Um, and Yes, um, so I have the traditional, the couple. Um, I do boudoir parties, so I'm planning one with a bridal party right now. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, that do, is, oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. I got to stop you right there. Hold on. <laughs> okay. How do you do the party? That is so cool. I love that. Yes. So <laughs> I, um, I rent a studio space typically depending on how many ladies there are. Um, I've had small bridal parties where it's just two to four ladies. And then this one here is going to be 10 plus, it looks like. So I'll definitely have a space. I will hire multiple makeup artists so you get your makeup done. Um, And then you get, like, um, I think each lady will get about 30 minutes because I shortened the time just so we can get everybody done in the same day, right? Um, And then I offer the bride, she can get an album. So she gets a mini session. um, And for every lady that buys a folio um, of their images, like her bridal party, she gets a hundred dollars off an album towards her fiance for her it gives a gift for her fiance. So just a kind I of incentive for you know everybody to get a memento. Yes, yes, it's so much fun. It's so much fun because everybody's yes. all excited, pumping each other up, and it's just it's a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a total blast. That's, um, that's you know what, Nivia, I, I, I have this I had this thing at my birthday a few years ago where I did a, a uh-huh. pole dancing. And I, Boudoir, uh, that would be, my friends would love that. They're, they're, my friends would love <laughs> They would love something like that. I love that yes. idea. I'm just sitting there going, whoa, that's so, that's cool. Okay, right? go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, I do um, limited edition sessions. So, um, for instance, okay. right now I'm doing the angel wings in the clouds. I don't know if you've seen it in the group. Um, so, like, I have this whole yeah. cloud backdrop set up that I created with the wings or without the wings. 
Um, I just okay. did the black light and neon paint session, so those are super sexy. Um, I did a boudoir bunny, just kind of a play on Playboy bunny um, session. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have different yeah, themes yeah. that I do as well. Um, let's see. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's it for right now. Oh, that's, but that's, <laughs> oh I did okay, a honey session, chocolate and honey. <laughs> Okay, so, so I, I got to ask you this because I know a lot of women have been saying they would love to do this, and I, I wonder if you're going to eventually add this off, but people are talking about body paint. Yeah, so the black light and body paint, or you could just, I guess I haven't done just a body yeah. paint session, but I did the black okay. light with the neon paint. Yeah, so. Okay. I did, okay. I guess, a little I, I I love, okay, that's cool. That is so cool. Okay, so I got to ask you, I, I, one of the things I love that you do is yeah. that after, you know, after a session with you, you have a community kind of that. You have a blog page yeah. that you kind of have where, you know, set up on Facebook. Afterwards, it's a space where your clients can discuss pictures and other topics. Yes. I thought that yes. was so cool. Can you elaborate on that? Because it's a, it's a kind of cool yes. community with everybody who's done it. So I thought that was cool. Yes, yes. So I have a, um all-female group. And um, it's about 4,500 ladies right now, which is super amazing. Mm-hmm. I post my sneak peek images from my sessions just to kind of hype my client up, um, but to also get referrals, so, you know, to help her with ordering, but also so that the ladies in there can see the work as I do it. Because I think that is so important for you to see what I do on a regular basis, right? Um, but we also, yeah. I also use that group for uplifting each other. Like, it's totally positive. Like, um, it's so important to me, the mindset, because I think that's where our confidence lies is in our daily mindset. So I definitely keep the group upbeat, encouraging um, for all of the members. Um, but then my spinoff group is the Bombshells of Navia Hansen Portraits, which past clients are welcome, are invited to join. And it's, you know, if you want to or not, it's voluntary. But the ladies in that group, um, because you are a past client of mine, you've already worked with me, you get to help me out with the new themes that I come up with because I like to keep it exciting. So. <laughs> love that. See, I like that because yes. it, it keeps going. I, so I love that that whole thing. I love yes. I thought that was so neat. Uh, so uh, yes. your, your, your experience doesn't just stop there. You kind of have, you know, you get other women, you get to talk. So I thought that was kind of cool. Right? And you get to see other people's yes. reactions to things. I love that. So yes. I want to change the topic a little bit, and I want to ask sure. you about how you got started in photography. Because, yes. you know, I know a little bit of your story, but. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I don't know, I guess we go back to, like, college. So college, I started out mm-hmm. as an accounting major, believe it or not. Um, and then I got into marketing um, and finished out with a marketing degree. Um, but I ended up in the, um, auto industry and on the corporate ladder. So I did that for Mm -hmm. 16 years. I'm just trying to climb and do that whole grind. Um, but I definitely was not excited or happy (laughs) to say the least every day. Like I love doing what I do. Um, cause I got to work with, you know, a great group of people, um, had different roles. But it wasn't fulfilling my passion. Like, I wasn't excited like I am now every day um, when I look back Mm -hmm. on it. Um, But I had um, my fourth and last child, picked up my camera, um, and just, I loved it. absolutely loved being behind the camera. Um, And um, 
decided that I was going to give it a shot. So I worked and did photography on the side for two years. Um, and then it just finally got to the point where the photography, I was missing out on business because I had a full-time job. And so, you know, spoke mm-hmm. with my husband and made sure that we were on the same page because I needed his support. Um, that is a big, big deal for me. And um, mm-hmm. he was on board to, you know, let me go for it, like take my shot. <laughs> and um, wow. I think it was, yeah, my last day of work was July 22nd of 2019. Um, that's when I went full time. Um, I had found Boudoir and I absolutely loved it. I loved because I had done, I've done a couple weddings, definitely not a mm-hmm. wedding photographer. Um, it takes a special, <laughs> special photographer for yeah. that. Um, and I truly appreciate the work that they do now. Um, but I did some senior graduates, definitely a lot of family. And mm-hmm. um, Cake Smashes was my favorite. I loved, you know, making it awesome for the babies turning one. Um, but mm-hmm. when I found Boudoir, um, I just, I loved the sisterhood. I loved and, it, and this is the best part for me. I loved seeing women see pictures of themselves and be like, is that me? Like, that total <laughs> shock of it. Like, And then falling in love with themselves. Like, the happy cries of like, ah! Like, I just, that <laughs> is what I live for. Like, I want that reaction every single time. So, um, yes. I just, that's all yes. I want to do now. I want to help women believe in their own beauty. Like that's my, that's my thing. That's what I say all the time. I want you to see you as beautiful and gorgeous and amazing. And I think that pumps up your confidence to where you can, that spreads into other areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. So I got to ask you this. What would you advise? I know there are women out here listening right now and yeah. they are thinking about doing uh, something with their career, like taking a risk like you did. You know, yeah. so what would you yeah. advise women who are thinking about changing careers or taking a big risk? What would you yeah. advise them? What's the one thing you've learned in all of this? So I would say prepare yourself as much as you can mentally. Because that was, that's mm-hmm. the hardest part is the self-doubt. Um, like I said, for me, it was having support because I needed my husband to be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like he was nervous. He right. wasn't like you know, but um, that support system, even my mom, because she watches my four-year-old while I do sessions, um, I needed that. You know, and I needed that support system. Mm-hmm. So definitely have you one or two people that got your back regardless. Um, and just that mental resilience of it's probably not going to go perfectly, um, so you got to be able to bounce back from the things that don't go exactly as planned. And have a plan, like have some sort of plan, but, you know, be willing to um, – you know, do change the course or, you know, rebound if necessary to go for the goal that you have in mind. And I love what you said about having a team that supports you. Because sometimes people forget that part of it, like having some, like yeah. you had a, t- a little bit, your, your husband and your mom to support that, to help you with that. Sometimes yeah. people forget that yeah. they're alone. So I love that. Um, in the wake yeah. of COVID, you know, COVID, with COVID, yeah. it changed everybody. So, how? Oh my gosh! Um, yes. I'm gonna ask you kind of a kind of like a. I'm gonna ask you two questions right here. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna go with the first okay. one first. How did co? How okay. do you handle these sessions now with COVID? You know, year. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And then uh, I'll ask you the second one after that. Go ahead, you can answer that okay. one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my um, makeup artist, hairstylist, and I, we wear a mask during the session. 
Um, I spray wipe down. I have a UVC light that um, I turn on after my sessions um, just to get it at the micro level of clean and destruction of bacteria. Um, you know, I Lysol spray and wipe, um, and um, I take temperature. There's a COVID form that I have everybody fill out in case there's tracing needed. Um, and, uh, you know, I make sure that the basics, but above the basics is taken care of as far as sanitary wise. And all of my client clothes are either dry cleaned or, and, um, they're washed with the Lysol add-in, like, stuff. Like, I take it to the next level for sure. Um, but it is very important for me because my studio, I operate out of my house. So you're close to my family. And so that is important to me that I, you know, have strict standards for people that come in. Right, right. And, you know, and this, you know, I know this has been, this is my second part of the question because it's, it's such a challenging okay. year for a lot of entrepreneurs because they have to, there's so yeah. many different things going on. So I want to, I want to know what, the, what are the lessons that you've kind of learned after something like this in terms of your business and yeah. how people can keep going in spite of the obstacles. Cause you know, it's such a hard time because some yeah. people have just lost their business, you know? So, yes, yes. So I think it goes back to that resilience, um, being resilient, being able to bounce back. I've definitely had um, some dips. Like I've had a lot of rescheduling and canceling because ladies, you know, can't or had to cancel this experience because of sickness in the family or sickness themselves or loss of income. Um, so, you know, I, I have truly been personally affected that way. Um, and in order as an entrepreneur, um, again, it goes back to having that support system because my part of the financial stability of my family has declined. Um, but my husband mm -hmm. does what he has to do every day. So, you know, I have that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, just in my head, I have a goal of what I want to accomplish. So I'm finding new ways to do things, whether that is, um, yeah you know, offering many sessions instead of a full session, or I have to offer, you know, discounts or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm finding ways to, to make it happen every day and not letting it get me down that, I mean, everybody's in a pandemic. So I, it's, there's mm -hmm. nothing I can do about it. Like I can't, I don't have the cure. Um, and, you know, they're doing what they can to help us all out in that area but um, I, I just I gotta keep I gotta keep putting one step in front of the other. Like I, so, I'm mentally like, you know, stubborn about the fact that I'm I'm going to be successful, and so I'm just I'm clinging to that. <laughs> I love that because you know I love that you look at it as a way to be more creative because like you say you have to you have to think yeah. of other ways to do sessions and stuff like that and I think sometimes people yeah. are, sometimes people get so down on themselves that's why I always ask entrepreneurs when they come on here to give that different sides of it because the, and yeah. the pandemic is a side that you know nobody was expecting and so it's always no, good right? when people keep yeah keep, you keep going like you said hey I found other ways to get around my obstacles. Right. I love that. I love it. And yeah. let me say this, okay, because Nivea, Nivea is a yeah. Scorpio, so you know she's going to give a good session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know how these Scorpios rock. It fits rock, my personality. Okay? <laughs> it fits 
<laughs> my personality. So you know it's going to be sexy. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 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 I'm not even going to deny that. Hey, it is. It is what it is. Vivian, how can women get in touch with you to book a boudoir yes. uh, with you? Yes. <laughs> So I have a website. It's uh, Um, You can find me on Facebook as well, Nivea Hanson Portraits. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on TikTok, Boudoir by Nivea. Um, and um, I have a phone number. Um, do you want me to give that out now or do you post it? I don't know. You can give it out. You can give it out. You, okay. you can give it out now. Yeah. I also post it on my on the collage chat with page. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. It's uh, 469-294-8286. You can text me or call me, um, and um, I'll get back to you. Like I said, I personally talk to everybody just so you can have all your questions answered. But definitely look at the work that I've done on the website because um, that gives you a good idea of the variety. Like I accept, and I'd, I'd love to photograph all shapes, sizes, ages, and colors. I mean, well, 21 and plus because – it is boudoir, um, and um, and I have and have a great time, and we have a great time. Thank Nivia, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. I, I've been thank so you. Because I've been talking to <laughs> talking for weeks about this, and I've been you know my my friends have been like we're gonna listen because I've been trying to encourage some of my friends to do. Yes, you know, yes. especially the ones I, a lot of my friends are in Kansas City, but they travel. Some of them okay. travel to Dallas, you know, Dallas a lot and everything. So I've been yeah. trying to get yeah. them out of their fear. <laughs> so gotcha. I think yes. like this helps help so much. So yes. thank you again for coming on, and You're I enjoyed so talking welcome. with you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank I'm going to book another session. Yes, I, like, oh, well, welcome. so you're official bombshell of Davia Hanson Portrait. So. You get to like help me try out some new stuff. So look for yeah, that. Look see, for that. I'm I'm excited. All right. Thank you, Nivia. Okay, guys, we're gonna go into break. Here is Beyonce Love on Top. I'll be back in a moment on the CC show. All right, you guys. <laughs> Open. 
Like a 
a symptom of, uh, of success, okay? I really, really close the crossing line, but never, I get, I really, okay, what she said, I get really, really close to crossing the line, but never quite getting over it, Aiden said. She noted that she's been able to become more involved with voting right activism because of an act of um, perfidy by someone in power, okay, um, who decided people who look like me weren't supposed to be as active and proactive in their uh, uh uh, politics. Uh, she did not say who was chest who was chastising her and talking to her. I'm assuming was it the Biden people? I don't know who that. Here's the thing, Stacey Abrams. Uh, I don't know if it was the Biden people. Uh, I, apparently, I was hearing during the time of the election cycle that they were not going to pick Stacey Abrams because they felt she wasn't qualified. It was a lot of crap they were were saying, uh, but they picked Kamala Harris, who is just like in my personal opinion, kind of dingy and is not qualified. I, I don't like Kamala Harris whatsoever. And I, I'm, I'm actually, I mean, have in, I don't know her personally, but I don't like her politics enough to want her to be that close to proximity to president. <laughs> I don't even like Joe Biden, but I would have preferred Stacey, Stacey Abrams here. And, and let me explain why. And I don't like Stacey. I'm, I'm not big into Stacey Abrams. But but I would have preferred Stacey Abrams because I believe Stacey Abrams, first of all, there's a couple of things. Stacey Abrams, as far as I know, traditional uh, 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 black American, and it is time for a black, native black Americans to ask for their own to be seen at the top of a, of a, of a ticket going into the White House. We have still yet to see, we have still yet to see a native black American win the presidency. Barack Obama was Kenyan and black, I mean, Kenyan and white. And uh, Kamala Harris is some, uh, you know, some sort of mix of Indian and, you know, a little bit of Jamaican, uh, you know, we don't quite, you know what I'm saying out here in the street. So we have never seen one of our own as a descendant of chattel slavery in America make it to the top of a ticket, okay? In politics, I mean, in, in, in serious type of uh, serious contender, and Stacey Abrams to me would have been a great pick. And I don't know if Stacey Abrams' background. You got to today. They, I don't, you know, you got to you got to look today. But I think Stacey Abrams. I think I don't know. I have to look at that. But if she's native Black American, first of all, I would love to see that. But secondly, I also would have also liked the idea. I think Stacey Abrams is more grounded and. Uh, in her thinking and thoughts politically than even Kamala Harris, a little bit Joe Biden. So to me, why they were asking her was she qualified, I think Stacey Abrams has shown herself over the last year, even though I completely i am not always in agreement with her politics, I do believe, and I do believe she's one of those chosen, you know, we see her with the crowd or whatever, but I do believe she is far more qualified than what you've got now, Okay. Stacey Abrams, even if you've heard her ever talking in the interviews, uh, very qualified, very highly intelligent, definitely could do the job of, of vice president VP. Why? Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris for a number of reasons, okay? Uh, Kamala Harris speaks to immigration. Uh, we know the agenda of Joe Biden now is uh, more an immigration uh, uh, his presidency is going to have more things of immigration. 
And the things of, and how can I say this? Native Black America is, is somewhat a theme that I feel like Democrats don't want to play to anymore. They want, they don't want to, uh, they've used Native Black America for all they could use them for. And now we've come to an impasse, a crossroads of sorts, that uh, it is, you know, we don't want to do the things you guys are asking for us. We don't actually want to really make you have equal footing in the United States. We, re- we don't really want to uh, 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 help you to uh, cross certain political and, fi- and economic barriers you've had as a people. Uh, we were just kidding all about that. You guys are asking us for tougher things. Um, we don't want to do it uh, so long. That's the Democrats right now for black people. So long. We're going to try to go after these illegal immigrants over here. And Kamala Harris was chosen not because, not only because she could fool black people enough about the idea, about with the, with the energy of being black, because she went to Howard University and, uh, um, and, and is AKA. I told y'all, uh, who said went to Howard University? Rachel Dolezal went to Howard. Uh, but anyway, all I'm saying is that she was able to carry that narrative to get black people to come out and droves the vote. But she was also able to, she's also able to carry uh, uh, the narrative of, uh, of an immigrant, okay? And that is where they want to go. It is clear the Democratic Party has sold African-Americans, traditional African-Americans down the river, and if you don't know that by now, you're it's, it's going to be a sad coming around. If you haven't come around to that notion yet, it's going to be sad for you when you finally do come. Okay, uh, so very interesting that she said they gave her a hard time. I think they gave her a hard time because they wanted to look as if they were courting someone. I mean, let's be honest. Susan Rice would have been a better choice than Kamala Harris. Susan Rice is definitely more qualified than Kamala Harris to have been in that position. And he didn't choose her. They didn't choose her because they have a narrative. And they also want to uh, play to India. India has a big, big uh, group, uh, has many, many people throughout the world. Kamala Harris becoming uh, a, a president, she's, um, um, uh, in, she's an Indian. And so it mostly, it, it promotes that too, okay? It promotes, a, 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 it, this has become, a, it's a global thing. It's no longer about domestic issues, okay? So I, I think that, that that's the thing we as black people sometimes fail to real, recognize, okay? So they have global agendas they're selling now, and it doesn't include you. And so Stacey Abrams was insulted in that way probably because they didn't want to choose her in the first place. And they, at first, when she was the strong front runner, they went to very, they went to through a lot of things to make her look unqualified suddenly in the media and the press. So I could understand her feeling disrespected because she is not, uh, uh, not, not an intelligent woman. Even if I don't agree with her politics all the way, very intelligent, very, uh, 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 very. Uh, uh, thought, uh, thoughtful and everything and everything she says. And I think she would have made a better, better VP than Kamala Harris, in my personal opinion, okay? Um, California theme park visitors 
ask guests not to scream on roller coasters to limit COVID-19. <laughs> She's so funny, obviously. Every week it's up new, ain't it? <laughs> Things like your California can begin opening on April 1st, but with the strict health and safety, safety regulations, Theme parks in California can reopen next month after a year-long closure, but the but the roller coaster experience may be very different thanks to unusual an unusual new rule. <laughs> Try not to scream. <laughs> I gotta quit laughing. So, my God, seriously, <laughs> the California Attractions and Parks Association uh, (CAPA) advises the new guidelines for its responsible reopening plan. That the theme park visitors should avoid activities that increase the spread of COVID-19, such as singing, shouting, <laughs> heavy breathing, <laughs> and raising one's voice. These people have literally lost their mind. We we do know this now, though. So we know this. It's literally how you're not going to scream. How are you not going to have the heavy breathing on a roller coaster? I mean, really? What the fuck? What's going on around here? <laughs> it's so hilarious. I had to read it to you guys. This rule applies when visitors are on, and this is from people.com. Okay, it says these rules apply when visitors are on parks, rides, uh, meaning guests are recommended to stay silent on roller coasters that usually encourage people to do anything but. In addition, face mask requirements and modifications to, <laughs> to seat loading patterns are being implemented by the park to mitigate the effects of shouting. California is nutty as a fruitcake. I, I love California, but the politics are just <laughs> hilarious. Oh my God! No screaming on the roller coaster, okay? Oh my God, that is hilarious. <sighs> I got it. I just, I, you know, what in the world, okay? Um, Gail King out here in these streets. Uh, first, no, before I do the kid, oh no, we do get Gail King first, okay? Uh, she speak spoke out this week about Prince Harry, and you know, as if you're not tired of Prince Harry and Meghan already. I mean, I think you know what I think. I'm going to tell you the truth. I think they may have shot they shot too much. Like, I think they may have, like, they may have went overboard. <laughs> like, you know, I think they may have went overboard. Like, you know, like, it, 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 it's just, it, I think it may, it, it may be too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they did the interview and what they thought was going to uh, work didn't work, okay? <laughs> oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> I think it's backfired on them, okay? And I think they need to stay out of the press now. But this week, Gail King says Prince Harry spoke to Prince Charles and Prince William after the Oprah interview, okay? So now they're using Gail King as a mouthpiece. Uh, this is according to MSN.com. It says, on today's episode of CBS This Morning, well, this was a couple of days ago, uh, co-host Gail King said that Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan have spoken to the royal family since their interview with Oprah Winfrey aired last week. 
I did actually call them to see how they were feeling, King of the Hood. Her and Oprah are a fucking trip, weren't they? <laughs> and it's true. Harry has talked to his brother, and he has talked to his father, too. The word I was given was that those conversations were not productive, but they are glad that they have at least started a conversation. <laughs> okay, listen, Harry. Harry, <laughs> y'all cannot be using Gail as a mouthpiece, okay? <laughs> and she came on CBS this morning, like, to drop the, I, I called them to see how they were feeling. No, Heffa, you called them to get a new, to get <laughs> To get a, 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 what is it? To get a, a headline. <laughs> to get a, a scoop. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, Pastor Megan and Harry are, are feeling following the broadcast. He said, I think it is, think that, I think what is still upsetting to them is that the palace keeps saying they want to work it out privately, but yet they release these false stories. Uh, are coming out, and they're very uh, discouraging against Megan's seal. <laughs> See, y'all want to hear it yourself. Y'all need to, would you rather hear Gail talk about it than me? <laughs> Let's hear Gail. Uh, see if I can pull up the audio of Gail talking about this situation. I'm going to let y'all hear it. Hold on. Here we go. The royal family's reaction to Prince Harry and Megan's explosive interview with Oprah. Oprah and Gail, I ain't married. 
You know what? It's it's just like a pop. It's kind of you know. I like Oprah. I do. I like some things Oprah say, but sometimes Oprah and them piss me off. They have this like pompous thing to them. I don't know what it is, but you know, it's like how do you know? How do you know? You and you only did you know Meghan Markle before she married Prince Harry? I mean, did you Gail and Oprah? Did you was you hanging out? Was you going over there? You I didn't hear y'all doing interviews with her. When she was doing suits over there in Canada, y'all didn't even know what the fuck. Somebody could have said y'all suits and make them work. Y'all didn't even know what the fuck it was. Y'all didn't, didn't know. They didn't know until she married Harry. Listen, Megan and and Harry, it is not a smart thing to be talking through these people to be leaking to the press through <laughs> Gil King. <laughs> you know what? My ass is. My ass is wondering right now because I'm like, Harry, I thought you didn't want the same thing to happen to your mama that happened to your wife. So I'm assuming, you know, that, you know, like you're going to come over here to America and shit. You're like, you know, we can try to keep it down, try to get these Netflix deals going. We try to get these other, what is this, was it Spotify or podcast? I don't know shit. We try to get these deals going and get some money and just quietly, you know, just live our lives. But I keep y'all keep talking shit. Y'all like keep messing with them. It's like y'all keep provoking them. <laughs> I mean, y'all don't sound like people who are afraid of some bad actions happening. It seems like y'all calling out, calling in more press and more energy. I mean, when you just should just shut tone it down and chill. Okay, that's just my personal opinion. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's helped them in some ways. Some ways it's helped them, but in some ways it has not, I don't believe. You know, um, uh, this whole thing, uh, this, uh, the whole interview, I think they should have, if they were going to do the interview, do the interview and then shh. You proved your point. Shh. And then quietly maybe release some documents or something that you have. But don't do it to Gail and Oprah because that's over, they over- saturate but just do something like maybe do a paper or something like that no, let nobody know you leaked it and and do and but quietly remain like don't be talking ish don't be saying what you, that y'all had a conversation you had a conversation with your family and you go back and tell Gail King's ass who's talking about well there is no breaking story Gail is totally breaking a story okay you mean you tell I just caught them to see how they were feeling bullshit <laughs> But whatever, though, whatever y'all want to believe out of these streets, okay? All right, so Tracy Edmonds and Deion Sanders, everybody knows they've been together for a while. Y'all remember when Tracy married Eddie Murphy for a day? Look at me bringing up old shit. Y'all like Carlotta, you so messy. I'm, I should say, y'all remember she was married to Eddie. When she married to uh, Eddie Murphy for like a day? I would love to see what, because everybody said their families got to fight, allegedly. And that's what happened. That's why they never signed the, <laughs> they never signed the wedding certificate. I would love to see that shit. <laughs> like, if somebody got video of it. It seemed like that would be some funny shit. Like, you get married, and then your family start fighting, and everybody, and then you like, y'all decide never to sign the wedding certificate. So technically, so technically, She's kind of married to Eddie Murphy, but kind of not. <laughs> but never was legal, allegedly, okay? But it says uh, in the Atlantic story, this is her and Dion, I guess we're talking about 
their relationship because, you know, they've been together for a long time and they have not gotten married. And said, we're at an age and a stage where I don't think neither of us needs a lot. Deion Sanders and Tracy Edmonds on their last nine-year relationship. When NFL legend Deion Sanders sat down with Hollywood producer Tracy Edmonds, the athlete initially wanted to talk about an idea he had for a television show, Deion's family playbook. A short term later, Edmonds found herself in a very her, in her usual spot behind the camera, but instead joined alongside the Pro Football Hall of Famer. During an interview with People, the couple spoke candidly about their now nine-year relationship and the driving force behind their unconditional love. I would have never in a million years, uh, I would have never imagined in a million years that I passed across and that we end up in a relationship together, Edmund said, of becoming familiar with Sanders during his tenure with the Dallas Cowboys football team in the 1990s. Has the former, has for the former NFL and Major League Baseball player, it was Edmund's career-driven lifestyle that caught his attention. I understood that she uh, was a various uh, businesswoman and had a wonderful reputation of being classy, professional, and a real woman. The 53-year-old expressed, "It was a blessing for my life." Now engaged, the couple have made their home at the ranch in Canton, Texas but also reside in locations across the country uh, because of their occupation. Sanders lives in Jackson, Mississippi, where he's the head football coach at Jackson State University. Meanwhile, Edmonds is in Atlanta filming BET sports drama Games People Play. Four-year-old owns a home in Los Angeles. Can I just say this about Tracy? She is so pretty. Film of 54, okay? The pair uh, revealed the secret behind their lasting relationship despite being miles apart, citing understanding. I love what both of us contribute to society and to this world, the former cornerback uh, said, adding the couple acknowledges that their busy careers, uh, they'll often spend time apart. He continued, it's not just a separation because you want to be separated. It's a separation because you are active and you are really influencing lives. I mean, what she does, I don't take that for granted whatsoever. And the shows she chose to produce, they're meaningful. They have substances. They're informative and challenging, and I love that about it. Okay, um, you know, y'all want me to be real what I really think. What? Okay. Damn, is she, is she upgrade from baby face? Kind of. She's kind of upgraded since baby face. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's upgraded. She stayed on that same level, kind of. No, I think Babyface is like the, uh, the the high skill. You know, he's like the high fucking Babyface. But you know what it was with Tracy? I don't know what it was. I think Tracy wanted a little bit more, you know, and I ain't mad at it. She wanted a little bit. I, here's my, this is my imagination, okay? This is, I, this is not facts. This is just Carlotta 101. My personal opinion is that probably Babyface might be kind of like really, you know, as soon as I get home, I pay your rent, your faithful lover and all that stuff may be kind of boring. Like, you know, he might be good looking and, you know, and musically, but maybe he might be, he don't have the edge. Because I, I see, I noticed that after Babyface, she's been going for edgy. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Murphy, remember when she was with, she was with Eddie Murphy? He was denying that baby. He was denying that baby for a long-ass time, Melanie's baby. I said, don't be in that girl. That baby's going to be his, and they end up being his. And she was all in it. She was all in the fight, too, with Dion and his uh, and his ex-wife, Pilar. She was kind of there. Like, Tracy strikes me as 
probably a real strong businesswoman, but when she's outside of business, she might be like, she might pretend not to be an alpha. And one of the ways I think she pretends not to be an alpha female is by, you know, she gets these really, really edgy guys, right? And... I mean, we all like Edge, right? I mean, you can't lie. But I think what happens here is that it might be borderline, like, because I remember her mom being concerned on the Deion Sanders show. Her mom was being concerned about her being with Deion because she, you know, her mom remembered Babyface, right? And Babyface's problem was probably that there was no, like, there wasn't, I feel like probably it wasn't any bad. Like, he was probably one of those, he said they fell out of love, but, you know, Maybe it was that, like, there was no edge there, right? You know what I'm saying? And so I think she ends up with these guys who have edge, but it's a compromise with them. Like, you don't get what you got with baby face. Like, with baby face, you got a lot there. But with Dion and, like, Eddie Murphy, whatever happened with the Eddie Murphy situation where they didn't get married, it didn't work. Now, that would have been a more baby face-like. Dion is on the sports world. Dion's huge, but it's like we don't want to get married. I don't know if that's Tracy not wanting to get married, though. Is that Tracy not wanting to get married or is that Dion? For some reason, I, was, I feel like it's Dion. You know, like that's when you, you probably will never, like Tracy probably will never get married again because if she does get married, then they might be secretly married, but she will never have what that baby face experience was, okay? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you would have the great guy, but without the edge, the house, the perfect family. I mean, she's got, she would have had all the businesses. She would have had the catalog secured and not had another kid because baby face then got married again and had another kid. Now had another child to share with it. She would have had all that life now. But, you know, but she likes a little bit of edge, okay? And I think she trade off the edge and do less committed for that. That's my point, opinion on that relationship. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Dion is not committed, but obviously not as committed as somebody like Babyface, because Babyface is going to get married, okay? Marry her, okay? So, you know, yeah, she's an interesting character. I found her very interesting. When I saw her on the show, uh, well, she was on Tracy Strikes Me has a very uh, – she she seems to be really, like, she comes off very feminine, like, like, you know, outside of – but, you know, I know what I do know about Tracy Edmonds is that that can't be all true. Like, this little soft – like, she comes out very soft with Dion. Like she's like she's she's you know she's constantly kind of it's a push and pull there and she may be attracted to that sort of thing I bet she had that with Eddie Murphy too but with Face it was probably like Face probably like giving her everything but Face just strikes me as a dude that's really sweet I'm not saying he can't be a hoe out in the streets but he just said he strikes me that even if he is a hoe he's real sweet <laughs> like he gonna give you everything like you, there is no no and she built like a, a monster of a business around babyface. 
I mean, as far as production, you can't be a soft chick like that. She come, you know, there it's something a little deceiving to me about Tracy Evans. Like she looks a certain way, but I find her, I believe she's very calculated. And I like that. I like Tracy Evans. Tracy Evans is one of my favorite people to uh, like look at. I mean, because I feel like she's very, she she's not what she appears to be. Like on, like, you, you know, on Facebook, she's not, she, but she knows how to play, when to play, you know, when to play extra feminine and when to play uh, uh, hard. Like she's got, she, she seems like she has that, that balance between, uh, I mean, you know, that, that, that little bit of balance. Okay. So what is Tracy, is Tracy's uh, Zodiac? I know I got to ask. Okay. People born or period. She's an Aquarius. Okay. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. Okay. Okay. One of my best girlfriends, she probably screaming right now. She she is uh, Aquarius. Okay. And Aquariuses are, look like they're little, you know, like, especially the women I've noticed, look like they're fucking nerds. But listen, Aquariuses are the type of people that, you know, they are, they look a certain way. But then they, people say Geminis are dual, and Geminis are. Geminis are all over the place. But Aquariuses are just really, they're the same person. It's just there's so much duality in that one person. Like, you know, they could be doing their work like little great students during the day, and then you may find out on the weekend they strip for a living. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I strip down at the strip club. And I do it for because not because I need money, but just because I really like stripping. <laughs> that is Aquarius. <laughs> now I don't know what else is in Tracy's uh, zodiac uh, uh, zodiac sign, but I see her. I can see this energy on her. There it comes. There is a very well put together mask, and I love it. I just see it, but it's really a, just a well put together mask. There's so many elements there. Like Tracy's that for for me. Like she strikes me. <laughs> like oh yeah, well I yeah I well I, she comes across very very sweet and soft, but I feel like she's anything but. And that any man who is in a relationship with her may think he's in charge, but behind the scenes, the water bearer is actually more in control than you think. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I would like to know what happened with her and uh, Eddie Murphy, though. I've always wanted to know that whole story, okay? All right, so what else is out here in this movie you got to talk about? Uh, this stamp, let me tell you something. This is a sad story. When I heard this story, I was like, you know, I mean, I damn it. I mean, I understand. Y'all need money out in these streets and stuff like that. People need, but to kill somebody over a damn stimulus check. I tell you, there's some devils in the world. I'm talking about it's some demons in the world, okay? But this is from Yahoo.com. This is India. And I think we spoke about this on our earlier show this week. I said, Indiana man killed, allegedly kills four members of ex-girlfriend's family 
overstimulus check. Okay, it says I seen all my family members there on the floor dead. Four members of the Indianapolis family were brutally murdered when a man demanded that the mother of his child hand over funds from her stimulus check and tax refund. The man, Malik Hoffers, shot and killed four members of Janetrius Moore's family when he came to her home demanding money from her. Look at that. He didn't even hurt her, I don't believe. A local report from 559 notes that Moore, who is the mother of two daughters, had been working at a beauty supply store to support herself. She looked forward to spending her stimulus money to catch up on bills. According to cousin Wendy Johnson, Moore had just received the money when Hoffers demanded half of it, okay? Her cousin notes that Moore offered the man $450 the day before, but he threatened to return for Moore. When he did, he shot and killed Moore's 7-year-old daughter, Eve, her brother, 23-year-old Daquan Moore, her mother, 44-year-old Tamika Brown, cousin, 35-year-old Anthony Johnson. In her exclusive interview, Johnson recounted the story told to her by Moore, who escaped Hoffman, who attempted to abduct her and their youngest child. When he went in the house that was Janitrius, Q, uh, when the house, that was Janetra's cue to run for her life, and that's what she did, ran for her life in traffic across New York, uh, across New York Street and knocking on everyone's doors. Uh, the woman hid on a neighbor's porch until police arrived. The couple's baby daughter was discovered unharmed nearly a day after the murders, okay? So let me see if we can get this up so she, where she's having this, uh, she's talking here. Let me see if we got this audio. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it's I don't know if I got the interview up here, guys. Let's see if I can get the interview of her discussing. Let me just say this, okay? This is a lesson. I always give say this is always a lesson for women out here, okay? It's always a lesson to don't mess with when you know you're dealing with fucking crazy. See, you got to be careful who you have these babies out here in these streets because there's some nutty idiots out here. There's some nutty, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this was not new for him. I'm sure this was not new. And I'm not trying to blame her but I'm because it's not her fault, but I'm sure. I'm looking at him, only a picture of him. I am sure. I don't, I don't know if I can find that audio of him uh her talking about what happened, but I am sure this was not his first time acting a damn fool. And I actually heard that she had a restraining order or something out against him. I don't know if this is true, allegedly, and that she was still dealing with him. That's even more crazy. Let me just say to women, do not, do not, I repeat, deal with a nut. And take a nut real serious. If you know somebody's a nut, you got to take out a restraining order against somebody you know he's a nut. If you don't let him come back around, you need to be probably uh, 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 a pack. I mean, just seriously, not just that's a, the ultimate protection, but when you're dealing with uh, this, now her, she, her whole family is dead because she couldn't stop dealing with a fool. Now, that's her hard lesson. That's her lesson in life that she got to learn. It's fucking with a fool, and she offered the fool $450. He didn't deserve shit, but she offered him $450 of her money that she done worked hard for. And then he comes back 
and he don't hurt. She has to run for her life, but he he hurts her baby, her seven-year-old child. This sounds familiar, don't it? Jennifer Hudson, what happened with the situation with Jennifer Hudson? Mm-hmm. Kind of same little situation here. Her cousin, her mama, and her brother, gone. Because you, she couldn't stop fucking with the nut. And I really, why I keep saying this to girls out here, women out here, when I talk to y'all who listen to this show, I say this, I tell you this, with the, I, got, I got family members the same way. I got family members who keep messing with nuts. I'm telling you, I, had, I even had a situation a few weeks ago, in my, a couple weeks ago in my family where one of my family members was back talking to her nut again. I was like, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. I mean, you don't mind. I said, well, let me just tell you right now. Keep me out the shit. I don't want to be had nothing to do with it. I don't want him. Don't let him, don't tell them nothing about me. <laughs> right? Because the thing is, I know it's hard for women to get out of these relationships. They feel attached, and there's a lot of reasons they can't feel like they can't get out of it. But you need to understand what can happen when you continue to deal with a fool. Okay? You see, she didn't get hurt, but people around her got hurt. They lives is gone because this fool wanted to take his uh, his girlfriend that he was probably abusive to, mama of his kids, who he's probably abusive to, check, stimulus check. And I'll say to you this, he was probably planning on doing that shit anyway. He probably been planning on that shit for a long time. It just set, that day, everything set in motion so he can do that. And they probably, everybody probably seen it coming around us. She did too. So I will say to you women, you know you're messing with nuts right now. It's not just you that can get your ass kicked or hit or shot or killed. It's the people around you. Look at the people you love and you care for and respect them enough to do do something better, to choose better. Here's the funny thing. He ain't got the money. He in jail right now. And he's about to spend. He did. I say that he never wanted to send me a check. He just needed an excuse to get at her. He, he, he's been wanting to, that's the, whatever. The stimulus check just spelled the excuse that I want to take you and your family. I'm here. I'm a demon here to, to destroy you and your family. And he's destroyed her and her family. He's destroyed her. Because now she has to live with the fact that her daughter's dead, her mama's dead, her cousin's dead, and her brother's dead. And they shouldn't have had to be, they should, their lives should not be taken. And I, I'm going to say it, ladies. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be as nice as the other. I'm not going to be politically correct right here, okay? She lives. Family's life is gone. If she's been knowing this dude for nothing, and she's still messing with him, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. It's a hard-ass lesson to learn for any woman who continues. And you got to, I have to say it to y'all, when you continue to mess with them, mess with men like this, and there's tons of stories like this. Tons of stories. I just saw a story the other day on the ID channel. Y'all know how I love the ID channel. I tell y'all this all the time on here. A woman 
when she was trying to help her friend who would go back and forth to an abusive partner. She up there trying to help. The friend goes back. Then the friend decides to leave, and she don't know where the girl is. She don't got nothing to do with it. She's not really helping. But he's so angry, his venom is turned on the friend. And he comes and kills the friend. And while the woman is done ran away and probably would have ran back if the man hadn't killed the friend. So listen, respect yourselves enough to keep your family and yourself away from the bullshit. Respect yourself enough to pay attention to who you have kids with, who you procreate with. Like, get to know that. Like, it's obvious he was a nutty nut from the the get-go. It's a very sad story, especially for the baby. Seven years old, dead over what appears to be a stimulus check, but it's really a fucked up toxic relationship. Y'all know I have to cuss y'all out every now and then. There you go. It's so unfortunate. It's so sad. Killing folks over things, this is how, how it's thrown down. This is how y'all going to act out here in the streets. It's really sad. The bachelor turns into a bus. Now, y'all know, wait, at first, I talked about this a little this week. Matt James, oh, my God, he should be embarrassed. I heard he cleans his Instagram and everything, like, just when it's gone off Instagram. And, yeah, sir, uh, Matt, you should be. They they actually set you up for big failure. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to tell you this. This is just Carlotta one-on-one. I have no proof of this. But I wouldn't be surprised, Matt, if they knew about that antebellum situation. The producers are the, the casting people. Knew and knew it would play out. Because I feel like they psychologically evaluate those people that come on those shows anyway. So they know what he's going to choose. They have a fit. They, they know. And when they pick the black bachelor and black, and black bachelorette, they pick people who they know are more or probably unlikely to pick someone in their racial group. And they pick, uh, then they set these girls all around him. Uh, controversial because they got to have them controversial because they need the rating. Matt, you was a sucker and failed. And you got embarrassed more than anybody, even more than the girl bachelorette. You gave a road to a chick who they are alleging out here to be a racist. Now, I'm willing to say that the girl, after five or six years, I don't think she should be kicked off or be dissed like that. I think they should have had a discussion on the show about her. Maybe she's changed. Maybe she's learned something. I don't know. But, however, I think they very well knew. Okay? And this is from Vulture. It says, played by an endless, Vulture.com, it says, played by an endless parade of awfulness as the first black bachelor. Matt James ultimately concluded his season on The Bachelor has a single man. Mm, mm, mm. See how they embarrass black people? Black men. That's why I said to black people, don't go on The Bachelor. 
I said it. I've been saying it for years. We don't need no first black bachelor. We don't need no first black bachelorette. You know why I knew we didn't need one? Because I seen fucking Flavor of Love, Miss New York, and that it was one called Heavenly something on 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 like a TNT or something. I knew. I said no, black people. They will they will embarrass the hell out of us. We do not need to be a. We do not unless it's done by uh, uh, a black television or black people can set up. We do not because we are going to be embarrassed. Pause revealed on the show Monday finale, Jane selected controversial contestant Rachel Kirkconnell over Michelle Young to receive his final role. Instead of a proposal, however, James offered Kirkconnell a continued commitment of being romantic partners as he didn't feel he was prepared to become engaged following a candid conversation with his mother about the infidelity issues that plagued his parents' marriage. As I'm wrestling with what I'm going to do today, now see, now I'm going to tell you this. They allegedly had his daddy on or something like that, dealing with his daddy issues. Look, you see what the fuck, see, and a mama owned a white woman, his mama white. Talking about we we had lots of infidelity issues, so it was already making the black man look bad. He got issues with his daddy. I mean, just total black, just just total black stereotypes. They had completely on him. They didn't even do this with Rachel, <laughs> even though Rachel was fucked up in a number of ways. But this, oh, they really did it in for him. Okay, uh, it says. Uh, 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 Michelle Young, instead of, okay, let's see, it says, uh, as I'm wrestling with what I'm going to do today, the easy thing for me to do with, for me to brush those feelings off and make you happy, and that is to propose to you. Today he told her at their fireside rose ceremony, but I couldn't live with myself if I put you, put you where my mom's been through. Okay, see, white female victim. You see how stubby black men victimizing the white female with infidelity. I mean, it's just serious. I knew, you know, I knew what was going to play out. I told y'all, this is, these are these are reinforced stereotypes to the collective. They didn't pick somebody healthy with a healthy ass fucking family. They picked somebody who got who's fucking fragmented. They know what they're doing because they need good TV. Okay, but I couldn't live with myself. I put you and my mom through been through. I've seen what rushing into proposal and marriage can do with my family, and it's ugly, and it's not what I want for you. That's why I can't propose for you today. James repeatedly stated that he loves Kurt Connell, and he he could see her as my wife and the mother of my kids, he added. When I think about the life I want to live, I think about living that life with you. I want to leave here with you and connect, despite a lack of proposal, Kurt Connell seems, a lady to continue her her relationship with James, and the couple departed, the bachelor in good spirits. This all took a 180 turn at the ensuing, uh, ensuing after the final Rose episode, which was pre-recorded with guest Emmanuel Acho in early March. James, now aware of Kirk Connell's self-described racist and offensive past, announced that he broke up with her over the phone after learning the full extent of her, of her actions. Damn, on the phone? <laughs> I just missed them as rumors because... That's what they were to me, James explained about his thought process. When you find out that they are, it just makes you question everything he continues. As someone who grew up in the South, it takes me to a place that I don't often like to think about. I wasn't okay. It was that moment and that conversation that I had that Rachel might not understand what it means to be black in America. 
Somebody tell me that. So, can I tell them? No, she ain't going to understand. She's white. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. If you don't understand that something like that is problematic in 2018, there's a lot of me that you won't understand as simple as that. No, no, I think she got you well, Matt. I think, Matt, that your choosing of Rachel is not Rachel's fault. I think it's a reflection of you. And, and and the embarrassment that you've received has the first black bachelor on the bachelor. You should be embarrassed. And I think Rachel is a reflecting of you because you can be a black person and have misgivings and racist attitudes, well, prejudice attitudes and racist thoughts about your own people. Yes, sir. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. And I, I submit that Matt, it's probably just as much have 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 a racial racist problem and a prejudice problem, just as much as Rachel. That's why he picked her because something in him connected to that shit. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. I said it. I went there because I knew this is. I told y'all how it was going to end. I told y'all. I told y'all with the first one. I told y'all with this. Okay, uh, it, it's facts. That's why he chose it. That's why he told her, he, he, you need to go, don't blame Rachel. Look at your damn self. Because people would have peeped game with Rachel. People would have started, like, asking her about people, Real people who secure themselves would have peeped game with the show. Some of the ignorance that was going on the show, real per, a real person that's stable in his mind would have peeped game about where they was going. And they had your daddy y'all was up there talking about your mama talking about infidelity, all that stuff. They would have said, nah, wait a minute. You're not going to make my family. Now, wait a minute. I, I, I'm the first black bachelor. I got a certain thing to carry. And while we can talk about some of my uh, family ish, family unit issues, I'm not going to bring my parents on here. I'm not going to embarrass my black father. I'm not going to make him look like he's a bad guy. I'm not going like, to you know, make my mother look like she's completely the victim or whatever, my white mom. You know, but he didn't. Because he got some racial shit inside of him he need to figure out. And, you know, as black people in America, we all have to deal with some of those struggles of race and, 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 and colorism, all kinds of things, okay? But especially when you're a biracial product, a biracial, a, a product of a biracial relationship, and you probably grew up in a mostly white world. Now, I, I bet you, this is my personal opinion, okay? So, uh, or you have aspired to be in a mostly white world. So, no, I'm not surprised that Matt has gotten his little, got his little stuff embarrassed out in these streets. And I was going to play the little clip of him breaking up with her ass. <laughs> I might play it. We're going to go into overdrive. Okay, you guys, listen. If you guys are listening to the show right now, I'm going to go into overdrive, so I'm going to have a little part two of the show uh, in overdrive afterwards. If you're on the phone lines, you can stay on the phone lines. The number is 718-766-4236. You can stay on the phone lines, and you can hear me record the, uh, a little bit part of the other half. If I go off, then that means I'm going to have to come on tomorrow or the next day with a part two for you guys, okay, if I happen to abruptly go off the air. But I want to get a couple of more stories in off the air, and then I may do a part two later on during the week. Y'all know how I do it. I always do a part two because we can get all our hot topics in. But I will do uh, a part two 
coming up. But we're going to go into overdrive right now. So if you're on the phone line, stay on the line. For those of you who are listening to the computer, hey, I will catch you guys. We catch you guys. We catch you guys on part two. You can listen to me in the archive, and I'll, yeah, I'll catch you guys on part two of the show this week if I don't complete it in the overdrive. Okay, you guys. Is it time? Do I got a couple of minutes left. I think I got a couple of minutes before I actually. Uh, okay, you got a couple of minutes. Okay, so let's finish talking about Matt. Has to go out this couple of minutes. Like I said. Matt is Matt is an embarrassment not only to himself but he's an embarrassment uh, to black people. I feel going on here. I feel like that. I feel like the whole show has been embarrassing. I feel like uh, black people are made to look like they don't like each other in slick ways. Okay, in very slick ways. And so I, uh, you know. There's so many layers to that, that the fact that he's biracial, he picks another white woman. It's just, there's so many layers and deep thinking we can get into regarding uh, this guy, Matt, okay? But, uh, again, I told y'all I wasn't surprised. I don't know why y'all should have been. I mean, it is what it is, okay? Not surprised, okay? Okay, so in overdrive, I'm going to try to hit on Tamir Rice, mother coming from Black Lives Matter, and she should. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Angelina Jolie coming for Brad Pitt, child, and Aretha's family on that Genius Project. They are not happy. Oh, and I forgot to talk about Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle wanting to be president, allegedly out in these streets. Hell, it's the Twilight Zone. I don't know what the hell is happening. I know I was supposed to talk about that right when I came back from break. I missed that, guys. So I'm going to talk about it in overdrive. And then remember, if I hang up in overdrive and you don't hear anything, I'll have to come on the next day and do a part. Okay, so for those of you who are listening through the phone lines right now, I will see you. We leaving out with Tony Braxton Dan. For the rest of you, stay with me, and we will uh, go into uh, overdrive. Okay.
I was in the middle. I was in the middle of backing it up, but then I realized, like, oh yeah, I can get back on. <laughs> so Tony Braxton's just dance. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are in the overdrive section of the show. Remember, if I hang up out and out the blue, y'all know. Listen, because sometimes we be acting up in the overdrive. So if it, if I hang up at the blue, y'all know y'all get y'all stories and everything in part two, okay? But we talking about Basher Matt James. I wasn't gonna let y'all hear his hear his story. I, I can't be with you anymore because you went to Antebellum party. You don't know what it's like to be black in America. And she's sitting there in white skin like, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> He's a full mess. He had a whole beard on. Oh, my God. I bet he's still messing with it, too. I bet on the low he's still messing with it. I bet. On this, okay. If you were listening to the side of my voice, uh, let me tell you, especially where you guys can hit me up on um, Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can hit me up on Twitter, Carlotta72, and Steve Chatwood Show. You can also hit me up on uh, uh, Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy, okay. And shout out to Nivia Henson. Wasn't that a great interview today? That was so fun. I loved it. All right, you guys. Okay. So, Megan Marco in these streets, they're saying to be, it's talking about being president. They said she's making some, like, some stuff with, you know, uh, deals with, um, let's see, can we put She's trying to get uh, behind, um, let me pull it up here. She's trying to get Democratic people behind her and stuff like that. Listen, I, you know what? Shit. I wouldn't be surprised, man. The 20s, <laughs> the 20s, Already had been a trip. <laughs> we like in a 2019 was the last uh, of the normalcy. We crossed in as a collective into the twilight zone. <laughs> so anything is possible, okay? But this is according to page six. It says Megan Markle reportedly networking with Democrats. I I bid for U.S. president. I mean, we go from being fucking on an unknown uh, show called Suits in Canada <laughs> to very wait a minute, no, 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 let me scratch it. Scratch, scratch, scratch it all that out. Like I'm scratching it out on, the, on my board. I'm giving y'all, I think, we go from being an unknown actress to marrying a talent agent. And then we get on a series that's moderately known probably over in Canada called Suits. Then we divorce our husband, and then we still on suits, but then we start dating Prince Harry. We go from dating Prince Harry <laughs> to marrying his ass. Then we go from getting his ass out the royal family to bringing his ass all the way back to L.A. to making Netflix deals and all kind of shit to now we're talking about running for president. This is a gangster bitch. <laughs> ah, that Leo ain't no joke, okay, if this is true. It says Megan Barker is reportedly already networking with senior Democrats to help her ambitions to become the first female U.S. president. Uh, child, if Kamala don't beat you to it 
first. I mean, Joe, I don't know. Well, Joe, I don't know. Joe might retire about a six months in. Okay. <laughs> the Duchess of Sussex previously told friends about her political ambitions and now hopes her blockbuster Oprah Winfrey interview will strengthen support in the U.S. Sources told the Mail on Sunday newspaper she has been openly networking among senior Democrats to help build fundraising teams and a campaign for the White House, according to a senior U.K. politician who served under former U.K. Prime Minister Tony Blair and has close ties to Washington. The uh, Blairite internationals and Democratic Party networks are buzzing with talk about Megan's political ambitions and potential backers. The anonymous source told the UK paper. Now y'all talking about Stacey Abrams not being qualified. <laughs> what you gonna tell her, Megan? I played. I played a lawyer. Was it a lawyer on two? And that makes me qualified to be president. Anyway, the blood. Uh, this says Marco thirty nine is thought to be looking at. The 2024 campaign of President Biden, who will be 82, decides against running for a second term. The source said, if successful, it would make her the first female U.S. president. Child. <laughs> her biographer and friend, Omid Scooby, also previously claimed the former actress has her eyes set on the U.S. presidency. Megan is in the embodiment of the American dream. One day we may see Megan become president, the author of Finding Freedom. Harry and Megan in the making of a mortal royal family previously told <laughs> a documentary. That would be some, you know, that's some scandalous shit. I could see that happening. Uh, London, that's why you marry. They, they actually become allies, you know, a little bit of uh, white American, European American with America, and then she becomes the president. I can see that them playing out some shit like that. Another friend also told Vandy Fair last year that the Duchess was seriously considered running for president. One of the reasons she was so keen not to give up her American citizenship was she had the option to go into politics. This is some funny shit. If this bitch runs ever for president, I'm telling y'all she had a plan from the get-go. People who decide to be presidents, this is long-term in their life. They start from the time they're children, okay? This helper did not marry Harry accidentally. He ain't pulled his ass out of there accidentally. All this shit is because it's a freak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Megan, you can't tell me no difference, huh? Funny. Ain't nothing weak about Megan Markle. She's talking about running for president. Y'all can believe that shit. I told you she was a Leo. I told y'all. I told y'all. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all better believe me. She said, I didn't know. I didn't know they were going to treat me with racial feelings. I didn't know. I mean, she's a 19-year-old kid. I mean, she's damn near 39. <laughs> Been married before and all this shit. Girl, if you don't go sit your ass down, Megan, trying to run for prison. I'll tell you stranger shit has happened. I wouldn't be surprised. Either. I mean, what, how bad? How much? How much worse can it get? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, really. How much worse can it get? <laughs> oh my god! My god! My god! I love the world. Oh, Tamir Rice's mother comes from Black Lives Matter. You know what? Shout out to Tamir Rice's mama. Because, you know, what, her and these parents got a right to, they got a right to be, because, you know, I've never been big on Black Lives Matter, the organization, but the movement of Black Lives Matter, yes. But the organization, mm, there's always been questions 
about the organization of Black Lives Matter, okay? Uh, this is according to uh, Blavity News. Uh, it says, you chasing clout. Tamir Rice's mom accuses Tamika Mallory, Ben Crump, and others of sabotaging Black Lives Matter movement. I completely agree. I had just said this the other day. Before Ms. M- Ms. Rice said it, I talked about, I said, how did Tamika Mallory's ass? I remember seeing her one year at the women's movement. Her ass was jumped over into the race movement. She's a... <laughs> I mean, these are people who who are put up by, I believe, who are backed mostly by white behind by white liberals, okay? And that's why they stay so much in white liberal talking points, including Hollywood. A lot of celebrities do also because they're also bought off by the same system. Okay, it says Samir uh, uh, Rice, the mother of Samir Rice, Asked a number of high-profile activists and lawyers for using the deaths of black people to get famous. Samir was shot to death in 2014 at age 12 by two officers, both who never faced any consequences for their the shooting. In December, the federal government officially declined to press any charges against Timothy Lohman and Frank Grimbrook. But in a series of Facebook posts on Sunday, Samira said a well-known activist, Tamika Mallory, civil rights attorney Ben Crump, and others were chasing trout and profiting from families that are still struggling with the loss of a loved one. The post uh, started on Sunday and coincided uh, with the 2021 Grammy Awards, where Mallory appeared on the stage with rapper Lil Baby during the performance. She said, I'm tired of you Black Lives Matter uh, bitches. <laughs> yes. Mama, come with me. My mama ain't telling. Mama ain't holding back. I'm tired of you Black Lives Matter bitches. Okay? That's good. that's riding these uh, families back and y'all ambulance chasing attorneys uh, being confident we married uh, to, to to y'all have y'all have fucked up our fight and y'all can kiss my ass too. Make it make sense. You can't work. You can't working with the devil. You can't. You can't working with the devil is easy to do. Rice wrote on Sunday. Uh, Fuck y'all. Damn. Mama just told it straight up. Mama, see, listen, when you have real shit happen to you, when you've really been living in the in the bowels of, of the of the real racial when you really feel that, that the racial the racial pain, a lot of poverty people on the poverty levels feel this more so than people who have moved up like the Mallory's and all this stuff. You lose, she's feeling it because she lost her child. It's real to her. It's real as fuck. It ain't no speech. It ain't no trying to be seen for clout, trying to look like you an activist when you ain't, you ain't nowhere in touch with the people who are hurting her, who are hurting for, by, by, uh, she said she later wrote the movement got me fucked up and ready to fuck you up and added that she felt like, uh, uh, the uh, Breonna Taylor and George uh, ubiquity of, of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd name in the media did little to change the outcome of their court cases. Samira questioned the effectiveness uh, uh, of the activists and lawyers considering how many of these types of cases wind up without any conviction. I've tried to stay off this shit, Tamika and the crew, and the crew, you bitches, chasing clout with uh, Sony Crump, uh, and Lee, y'all all have literally uh, fucked up our fight. I hope not another family 
so use y'all to represent them. Y'all might as well be junior pig cops. I'm mad as hell. She wrote, woo, that's deep. Another thing, not one of you motherfuckers lost anything in this fight, robbing your own people from getting justice. They won't talk to me because they know I'm not with the bullshit. And listen, here is the thing, and this is, listen, I understand they feel probably they get these uh, these, these uh, moves to make and everything, but you can tell they're controlled by somebody. You can tell by they literally stay all on the same part, talking point. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who have made money. I think even uh, Michael Brown's father came out and talked about this that a lot of these people are making money off of Black Lives Matter and stuff. But meanwhile, the families that have been directly hurt by this have not. They, I think there's probably only one in that's kind of, she's gone into a little bit of politics and stuff, and that is, uh, uh, oh, God, and the name is crossing one of the first, the first situations uh, that happened. But, it, I mean, listen, it, it, it uh a lot of these these movements are started by white liberals, and they they end up funding other movements within the Democratic Party, and they don't directly go to help to help these families and black people who have really been hurt by this situation. And part of the thing is y'all do need to quit getting these same lawyers. I, I often ask myself, why does everybody get the same lawyers? What's going on with that? It seems strange. It does. It really seems. Strange. Spread out, get other lawyers, get people with different perspectives. I, I, and, you know, uh, and really to me, the family should be there. You know, the family should be there more speaking and more moving on behalf of their families, okay? But a lot of people have made themselves advocates in the uh, in these uh, from the deaths of these young men, and they've been able to move into some pretty uh, nice circles, okay? So uh, very interesting that she had that to say. And, you know, you can't blame her anger because she sees what she sees. And, 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 and you know, you and I, I often question, my, question the same thing. I mean, I will see the same things happening. You'll see celebrities all playing to the same thing. You know, it's like today I was seeing something uh, today. This is completely off subject, but I saw a situation I was looking at um some uh, some uh, this thing that somebody put up an article about somebody doing music or something like that. And <laughs> I always laugh because some people just do weird shit. Like I was like I said, and I remember I was reading the article and I said, you know, this seems like, you know, uh, as I was reading this particular article about the, a certain artist, I was laughing because I said this seems like the people who just sit up in like they they they're wealthy, like <laughs> they come into some money or something. And they sit up in uh, like places like this. Just saying, let me throw out some place like a, like Soho in New York, and they have these talks and shit. Like they don't know nothing about the hoods or the ghettos and shit like that. But they have these talks and these like about what's creative and what's this and that. And 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 they, and to some senses, it is creative. But in some senses, it's over the top. Like, it doesn't have any connection because in some senses, these people aren't connected to anything real going on. <laughs> like, they're, they're in their little spaces with their little groups, and they, you know, they talk these. And so I, I feel like that's sometimes what you see happen in 
and, and, and I know, listen, I know everybody can't come to the hood. I get that. But there is not a connection anymore to things that go on in um, in in other spaces. And so you be, people become really weird about what they consider as creative and eclectic. And you look at it, and, I, and you look at certain things, and you say, you know, yeah, it's creative, but it just don't have no soul. And I, that's what I was doing today. This is completely off the subject a little bit of Tamir Rice, but I'm coming to where I'm going right this. But I was reading this article, and this person was doing something, and, <laughs> and it was really creative. It just didn't have any soul. And I thought, you know, the beautiful thing about black American people, native black American people, is that uh, – Soul music was created. It wasn't anything highly, I don't think when slaves start singing spirituals and things like that, it wasn't anything that was meant to be, even though it was highly creative, it was something born of the trials and the struggle. It was clear connection to not only pain and endurance, but also the energy of the creator, we we didn't know what to call it, but this this beautiful spiritual music turns into so many gospel, soul music. And this all comes out of the pain of the black American experience, okay, the black American experience. And the reason it was able to connect worldwide, because not just because it was creative, but it was from the soul. That's why they call it soul music. It was so, it wasn't just creative, just creating some shit to be creative. No, it was a, it was born of another space, of another time. It was born out of hardships and pain. That's why when I see people there, you know, I see singers today try to make uh, songs. A lot of them will try to make, um, how can we say it, um, social justice songs, and they don't connect. <laughs> like, they'll be horrible. Like, they'll be Terrible songs, like literally, like hideous. Like you'll be like, like you'll be listening to it, like, oh, that's a nice, okay, that's a nice, that's a nice gesture, but it doesn't hit like something like the '60s because of that. The 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 artists connected to that, and they couldn't help but to connect it because it, in those times. You weren't that far away. Jim Crow wasn't. Jim Crow laws weren't that far away, 60s or 70s, okay? Jim Crow uh, black artists were experiencing the everyday things that that the, the lower black people, there wasn't a huge separation. You know what I'm saying? So somebody like a Marvin Gaye could come up with, makes me, you know, makes me want to holler uh, or come up with uh, uh, Mercy Me or or uh, Anina Simone could sing the songs that she was, because it was a connection of soul. Like, they connected to the people. They got it. You might they don't get it, because y'all so far away, disconnected. There is, I mean, and I think that's somewhat what his mother is talking about, but on an activist level, okay? You have people who have no connection to these people's struggles, Right? And don't even try to understand. They just want to be seen on camera. They just go, oh, God, I don't want the black folks to come after me, so I'm going to go down here and take pictures with their mamas and them because I don't want the you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, seriously. And you have no 
uh, connection to the heart and soul of movement. And so that's why we have so many celebrities put up dumb shit. Like they'll they'll campaign for dumb shit. Like you'll be like, yeah, y'all just jump on anything, right? But because they that's because they seriously don't have any connection. And the best thing you can do if you're going to call yourself an advocate or you're going to, and I'm not saying you got to go down the hood and hang out in the hood and shit like that. I ain't saying that. I'm saying that you need to connect to the people who you call yourself working for or who you call yourself. It isn't just sitting on a board, giving out scholarships and shit like that. It is actually connecting to those people, connecting to them. What does it, I mean, I don't mean to say that. I mean, are connecting to an organization and just giving money because you're rich to the uh, groups. You know what I'm saying? It's actually connecting to the charities in which you're a part of. I mean, serious fucking connection. Because people can tell when you ain't connected. <laughs> it, 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 it is what it is. So I say that, I told that story about the old artist because that's a matter of connection. And I think Samir's mother, Samir's mother is saying, we need you to connect to what's going on to us because all you're doing is moving your career up, which has been happening in black, uh, 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 a lot of black situation, uh, black thing situations since forever, since the uh, movement of the civil rights movement. As a matter of fact, I say it was born in the civil rights movement. This idea that some move up and some don't. Now we know we can't save everybody, but to literally exploit certain situations and forget about the people who gave you the movement is really disheartening. Okay, and you can see that happening a lot, where these advocates are no longer advocates for the community but you're advocates for a political party and you're trying to act like you're an advocate for the community while advocating for a political party, which that doesn't work. Advocating for the community is not about a political party. Advocating for the community is advocating for the community. And we've made a big mistake in the black community by making uh, simultaneously advocating for Democrats has some sort of civil rights uh, thing. That that's not even though Democrats have been more likely to listen, we've made huge mistakes because that's all they do is listen. So we need to advocating for the community means it's bigger than a political affiliation. And if your thing is a political affiliation, then you lose the heart of the community. Here's what it is. Whether you like Democrats better or Republicans better, it doesn't matter if you're not advocating for the heart of the community, okay? So that's what I'll say on that note, okay? All right. Ooh, and that's what happens in, in these streets. All right. Uh, what else uh, other news I wanted to get to before we uh, – Aretha's family are not feeling that genius project. That, as a matter of fact, all the family, the son even came out and said they didn't get no permission. Now, here's the thing. I understand in some ways not going to family and asking for, you know, permission. I always think you should get family's permission, but you should also let the family know that you're going to get stories from other people because it, it's, you can't just get a, paint, a, a a lollipop painting of Aretha if you're going to tell a bio, biographical story. That's why I never wanted Aaliyah's family to do a really uh, a story for her until they come to terms with who she really was. 
And that doesn't mean she was a bad person, but it means it comes in terms that she may not have been an angel in certain things. And that you have to tell her story in the most truest form if you're going to do a movie. You can't make in the movie her to look like she's just a complete angel. That's not how life goes. None of us in our lives experience are always right. And so I, I said, my, I said on here about Aaliyah's family, they need to have a come to Jesus meeting about who Aaliyah was and then decide to put out a movie. They need to get to know her and what her life was like, things that you, you know, as a parent, you may find out things about your kid that you, you're just shocked about. Like you can't believe they do, but you have to come to terms with that. doesn't mean they were bad. They were growing and trying to understand things. And so my thing is the same thing with these families. If you're going to do a movie about Aretha Franklin, you can't make it look like Aretha Franklin was a, a nun out in the streets, okay? Aretha was married a few times. Um, Aretha had a lot of shit going on. So you've got to tell the story from a, 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 a strong standpoint, a balanced one, okay? So I do understand somewhat genius saying they, you know, they, they didn't get permission. But the genius not only did that, but trying to get Cynthia Erivo and then trying to sell out Cynthia Erivo as if she's uh, the perfect actress for this. She is not. It's clearly an undercutting of the actual movie that Aretha put her stamp on, which was Respect even though I don't think Jennifer Hudson should have been picked. I think they should have went with completely unknown. But uh, Cynthia Erivo is definitely not the business, okay? And I encourage people not to watch it because I see this little game they've been playing with Cynthia Erivo for the longest, trying to stuff her down somebody's throat. Hell no. Cynthia Erivo, respect the culture, respect the people first, and that comes with connection too, Cynthia. So maybe you need to get grab some connection. You want to play African-Americans but you don't want to have no connection. Get some connection to us, and then, you know, you come down and maybe play. But if you ain't got no connection to the people, you know, you out here acting and you looking like you ain't got no connection. And there'll be some people who will lie to you who want to be close to celebrities and for all that stuff. I ain't lying. I see no connection. I've seen the, I've seen the trailers of being just like, ugh. And you personally, my personal opinion, she's ruining her career. By doing that, she's she's already got people disliking her for for taking Harriet and now Aretha sucking up Aretha. She sucks up Harriet, now she's sucking up Aretha. People get mad at you, Cynthia. You gotta you gotta get together, okay? Get the shit together, okay? Now, I you know what? I think I touched on this a little bit about Trey Song's ass spitting in females' uh, mouth during the pandemic. Just see the picture of Trey out here in these streets. Uh, he had two females, and I thought I think I talked about it on one of the shows during this past week. But he had a picture out here. He told me I don't know if he was doing a music video. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I maybe I pulled an article, but he had two women. Yeah, and he was spitting. I mean, a hunk of spit coming down. If you grow with their tongues down, and I'm like, what? What nasty? Y'all so nasty. What? I mean, he's literally hucking up spit. There is nothing sexy about you spitting in my mouth during a pandemic. I mean, it looks like a big, thick water spit, too. What the fuck? I mean, and these girls are like, they little mouths, like they little birds. I mean, it's just trifling. Oh, it's just. And you know what, Trace Ron, it takes the sexy away from you. I mean, because there was nothing sexy about it. It was just like, 
it's some nasty shit. And if you into that shit, I mean, it's like quiet, like uh, perverted shit you keep to yourself. <laughs> nasty. Trey Songz was literally spitting into someone's two women's mouths during the pandemic. Pandemic. Now these two, these two helpers are thirsty. But him, why would you be doing that? It doesn't look well. Can I just say something? Man? Let me just say. I know bitches is today into singing all kind of stuff. But what happened to the Romans? I mean, I like a good seduction. And I'm a Scorpio, so I like to, you know, we, we like some things that are unconventional, you know. But listen, we want to be romantic. Nobody wants to be degraded. I mean, well. I mean, not with spitting. <laughs> Nobody wants to be spitting on. That's not romantic. That's not sexy. I'm not looking at him going, oh, damn, that spit not that sexy. I want him to spit in my mouth like that. I don't give a fuck if it was Maxwell. Maxwell could say, Maxwell spit on somebody's mouth right now on, on a video, I'd be like, that's the I can't. All he, every sexy bit of sexiness he had was just going flying out the window for me. Denzel did something like that. I'd be like, oh, I just start crying. It just it'd be gone. It'd be young. It'd be gone. Idris did something like that. I'd be like, hard. I'd be like, what in store? Like, what you do in the privacy of your own home and shit? I just, but somebody hawking up some shit. It's just like, ah. like who told you that was sexy? Not. It doesn't make girls want to run out here and give you some. Matter of fact, most women were going, ugh. Most women were disgusted, okay? It, 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 it was like, that's just a nasty stuff, you know. You know, we as black women, we raised funny anyway. Because okay, black women, we was like, young, your mama's here. Don't let nobody, ain't nobody out here sitting here. You know, that's just nasty. I don't even want to talk about it no more. It's just disgusting. This is a disgusting thing. I don't know if he was filming a video. I don't know what the hell he was doing with. And I don't know who allowed it to be leaked, but it was disgusting, okay. especially in the middle of COVID. Really? Really, Trey? Who's going to talk about Angelina Jolie coming for Brad Pitt? I may. Is that going to be my last one? I think so. Okay, but first I'm going to talk about, uh, oh, no, I had Sophia Richie. Oh God, are we gonna have time? Okay, let's let's see. Okay, let's talk about Kanye worth worth six million dollars. Now listen, that Jim and I've been playing the fuck out of it, okay? You know, this is a Jim thing to do, okay? I mean, he might be crazy, but he's on the side running. He's running. Kanye's on the side making deals in these streets, okay? They're saying that Kanye is allegedly, now I say allegedly because numbers be a little iffy out of the You know how people be saying these numbers and these numbers be thought out their ass and shit like that. But they're saying that Kanye West's family life may be a disaster, but his finances are looking up. This is according to NewYorkPost.com. They say the runaway rapper whose wife of seven years, Kim Kardashian, filed for divorce last month after months of headline-grabbing turbulence has seen his Yeezy shoe and streetwear empire surge in value, making him a multi-billionaire, according to financial documents obtained by the Pope. Yeezy's Adidas sneaker venture sales of which have skyrocketed, skyrocketed uh, 
during the pandemic and tore the man for its dressy yet comfy footwear is now worth as much as $3.7 billion based on valuations of similar streetwear brands, including Supreme, uh, according to an analysis of investment bank UBS obtained by the Post. Now, see, I might be more likely to believe that. That's not including the valuation of nearly a billion dollars uh, for Yeezy's upcoming Gap apparel line. Now, see, most of his wealth is in his companies, okay? So that's not liquid, but, you know, you hear what I'm saying, which is slated to launch this summer. Both ventures are wholly owned by West, according to people close to the company, okay? Combine those ventures, uh, eye-popping ventures with uh, West Shear of his, his, his and Kardashian skin underwear line, estimated at $1.7 billion. And West and West net worth appears to be about uh, to pass the six billion mark. Okay, listen. Okay, this I told y'all that he always acts crazy and then drops something crazy and then drops something smart. I don't know if he's using that as a protective me- measure so that people can think he's crazy so he can drop dimes at the same time be appear to be crazy because that's the best way to drop shit you ain't supposed to drop really. And act like you crazy, use the crazy for us. But right now, y'all see, he crazy like a fox. <laughs> this Gemini's out here making all kind of money. <laughs> the other twin is out here while the other twin has fits. The other twin is making money. One of the twins is making a lot of money. <laughs> Don't believe anything he acts like, okay? Don't believe the rants on Instagram. Don't believe none of that shit. Kanye West. Let me say something. Hold on, hold on. Black women, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I know he's crazy as fuck. Come here. Seriously. I know he appears to be crazy as fuck. And I know he, you, you, nobody wants to deal with the Kardashians' ass. I know that. You know, I always fucked them all four kids by Kardashians. But listen, girl. Now, you might have to deal with some mental stuff or whatever, you know. If you girls who are out here trying to, I don't know, y'all do a bunch of shit for anybody. I mean, I don't know. I mean, y'all be out here being with abusers and everything. But if you don't try, if y'all are interested, why might want to go for Kanye? Kanye's ass is worth $6 billion. I mean, he can have two empires. If you, he can have two sets of four kids and they still be good. His money making power is gonna keep going and going. Wow. Kanye might be a catch. Now I've had that shit mentally evaluated, but Kanye might be a catch out in the street. Don't knock him. Shit, he might not have been far off talking Trump shit. I don't know. I might have to see Kanye is up here making money. Kanye, all of that diversion. Gemini diversion. Kanye's actually a, a smart as a fox. He's out here rolling in the dust, making big deals. Okay? Wow. That's, I was pretty, I, I actually shocked when I saw that, okay? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Okay, we got two stories there. Sophia Richards wastes her time. Yeah, I feel so sorry for her because she's actually a beautiful young girl, and, you know, she got caught up with a, a dust. Which is Scott Dixon. Okay. I need a dusty. 
he was going back talking to the Kardashians about his relationship with her. I think that's a foul shit. But she had to know. See, she a young girl. I would have scooped her up on game and said, I said she shouldn't have been messing with Scott in the first place. But I would have scooped her up on game. So he got four kids over there. Him and that have a guy like a long, toxic history. And you know, baby, don't waste your time. Till you're sure he's out of that. And that family... They, for dudes like Scott, who appear to me that they, one of the things I feel like dudes like Scott, they are prime um, uh, 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 pickings for the Kardashians because they seem to be, you know, have problems with family intimacy on their own. And so the Kardashians create uh, this idea of family and illusion, and then they suck you, they suck that energy out of you once you get in with it. But on the surface, they look so good, like a family and protection. And so dudes who don't have that family unit and they are longing for it will fall for bitches like the Kardashians. They fall for that shit. I mean, we're going to protect you, you you, you little orphan. We're going to protect you in some ways. Like, you're our, our, people don't necessarily have to be orphans, but orphans in their souls. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're, they, and this is, they not only do this with the men they choose, but I feel like the women too, the women they hang out with. There's a sense of, um, a feeling left out. And so they provide this unit of, 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 of family. It's like, it's really quite cunning. But the problem is when you get in with them bitches, them bitches are sucking energy. That's one of the things. It's like, you know, you don't really realize it. You know what I'm saying? But they are. Okay, so, uh, but it says, uh, how Sophia Richie feels about Scott Disick revealing her Courtney Kardashian ultimatum. Scott Disick's keeping up with the Kardashian discussion of Sophia Richie's alleged ultimatum about Courtney Kardashian was expected uh, inside a close to Sophia Tells E! News. Um, Revealing her and Courtney, uh, uh, this is according to uh, MSN.com. It says the flip it, uh, flip it like, uh, flip it like district story explained during the season 20 premiere of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that Sophia flipped with last May after two years of dating didn't like how much time Scott was spending with the mother of his three kids, Mason, 10, Rain, 6, and Penelope, 8. After saying that the model didn't want to share Scott with the uh, Poosh founder, he claims she literally said with an ultimate, you have to choose me or Courtney. Now, source claims that Sophia, that Sophia is just trying to move on. Sophia and Scott had to navigate many issues together throughout their relationship, says the source. It was no secret they had their ups and downs when it came to Courtney. Once Courtney and Scott became closer and were spending more time together with the kids, Sophia had a huge issue with it. She thought she was losing him to Courtney and was jealous at, t- at times. And listen, you don't have to spend time with the mother in order to spend time with your children. You can have a decent relationship with the mother. She, she, this little girl was now. You went over there hanging out with Courtney. Fuck that. You ain't got to hurry with Courtney and the Kardashians. Get your kids and bounce. That doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with them. That don't mean that you can't be friends with them and that you can't go to certain events and you and her can't talk and all that stuff. But the little girl knew what was up. She was seeing, she was seeing that shit, right? And Courtney and, and Scott have a long-ass, toxic-ass relationship, okay? She said, like, that's like, that's, I feel like she picked Scott 
just to get attention. I feel like Scott's part of her attention is getting for Chris. Okay, um, a girl that has a, a, a inheritance uh, who's set to inherit uh, part of Lionel Richie's mass estate and catalog has no business fucking with the likes of Scott. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You got plenty of choices out there. As beautiful as you are, you wasted two years, so you should be on some Lori Harvey shit. I think you've been learning from Lori Harvey's little ass. Lori Harvey made a few mistakes. It was a mistake with Future. Well, Future was a mistake. I think, no, maybe Future wasn't a mistake. Maybe Future was a fuck around with. But Future, you know, because I had, when you when you young, there's one bad boy, you might just say, ah, every now and then. There was, I'm going to tell the truth, when I was in my, tw- and there there was one bad boy that I just particularly like, you know, like, just like, everybody like, God, he ain't shit. Like, my friends would be like, literally, like, he ain't shit. But it was like, you know what? I don't take him seriously anyway. Right? I didn't. I, just, I mean, but I had such fun with him. I just really like hanging. And I had to have that experience. It was fun. You know, it was a fun experience. He was extra funny gorgeous and you know it was so funny because in later years he was trying to really get serious with me I was like no <laughs> but I knew what it, I knew what he was in my 20s so I in my early 20s so I you know and where I just didn't take this so I think that's what Lori was doing with future like she was just like you know but now Lori is wisening up Lori is is, is Michael B. Jordan like that's more I don't know how long he's gonna last but that's a smart move. Starting to be wiser in her dating choices. And Sophia, you have the same thing available to you. You're Lionel Richie's daughter. You're gorgeous. Okay? Ain't no sense of wasting this yo yo time with Scott Disick. Is that the only thing you can find out in this thing? It's a lot of men. That's if I Floyd Mayweather's doing out here. She, same thing, she had lots more available to her, but, you know, that's, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother dysfunctional story. But what I'm saying is, for you, Sophie, there's no reason you have any reason to be sullying it up with the Kardashians, sullying it up with Scott and his four babies, three babies. Sure, you ain't got no kids. You sing on to why you want to be tied down with Scott's ass? You should do right to move on. And his old ass at that. Leave him for the Courtney and Kardashian streets. You young babies is going to get it. Leave him for the Courtney and Kardashian streets. That's what he was made for. You not let it go. Smart. And you know what, baby girl? Listen here. I don't know if you just got a thing for white men, but expand your horizon. You Obviously, you ain't getting out enough to found Scott Disick. I mean, obviously, you hanging out in the fucking crowd that's not so great. That if you, you, you fucking around Scott Disick, oh, man. Scott Disick is old. He's old and got three kids. Find you. Some, a guy that is nice, that's going somewhere serious. Not just with potential, but a guy that has it going on. And in your case, there are a lot of young men in their 20s and 30s in that upper echelon because you're in that energy. You're up there with the, the guys. So you can find a, a better pick than Scott did. I know you can. Okay. Seriously. <sighs> 
my last three. Angelina Jolie out here in these streets. Okay, I didn't know her and Brad Pitt was still. Is is I didn't know her and Brad Pitt was like having this much energy going on. Like 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 they really like I I didn't know they was actually in court still. But apparently they are. Because Angelina Jolie's son testified against uh, Pitt, Brad Pitt in their custody case and wants to change his last name. Woo, she and his teeth. Angela Jolie's son, Maddox, testified against Brad Pitt as part of his parents' ongoing custody battle. Us Weekly Report, this is according to MSN.com, too. It says the 19-year-old college student's testimony was reportedly, reportedly less than Saturn. Maddox has already given testimony as an adult in the ongoing custody dispute, and it, was, it wasn't very flattering toward Brad, a source told us on March 18th. Then Insider went on to note that the couple's eldest son wants to drop his father's last name. He doesn't use Pitt uh, as his last name on documents that aren't legal, and instead uses Jolie. Wow. The source explained Maddox wants to legally change his name to Jolie, which Angelina said has said she doesn't support, okay? Uh, news of Maddox's testimony comes just one day after Angelina filed court documents under seal where she claims she could provide proof and authority in support of Brad's alleged domestic violence, okay? Brad Pitt was a domestic violence out here. The papers state that both Angelina and her children are willing to testify, though a separate document indicates that both Brad and Angelina must grant the court permission to involve their minor children, Zahara 16, Shiloh 14, and twins Knox and Javine 12 in the proceedings. The exes also shared two adult children, including Maddox and 17-year-old Pax, who required no parental consent to filing has an attempt to change the narrative surrounding her custody case. This is just another case of Angelina changing the narrative when it suits her. The insider told Entertainment Tonight. Aside from the one accusation that she made in 2006 that was investigating this myth, there have never been any records, other records, police reports, or even a t- accusation until it suited her case. The insider added, no one else knows what she might say now, but the background is important. That doesn't mean she wasn't abused. That's why I say, women, when you're getting your ass kicked, you better call the police so you can document that shit. Okay, so that way, if you gotta, if you gotta shoot an abuser, if you decide to go get you some protection and shoot his ass, then you will have it well documented. The police be like, "We came out here seven times, you kicking her ass." That's fast. Okay, but it, it, Angelina, in their case, she's now she's just gonna show up in court and try to talk shit on Brad Pitt. Well, he's abusive, allegedly. Okay, out in these streets. Now, let me just say something about Angelina and Brad. Okay. And I don't got nothing to do with Angela. It ain't got nothing to do with Jennifer Anderson. You, like I said, y'all got Lori, Molly Ringwald syndrome, white women. That's why y'all like Jennifer Anderson's ass so much. But Brad didn't like Jennifer Anderson like that. Yeah, her ass was probably kind of boring. And a lot of men ain't seem like they like Jennifer Anderson like that. She seems to have a problem. <laughs> Jennifer Anderson. But I'm just saying, they don't say. I'm not saying it's her. I'm just saying they don't. All I'm saying is Angelina Jolie's ass, okay, and Brad Pitt was just a, you know what I think? I think this was a passionate fucking relationship. It was passionate, tumultuous. Angelina Jolie is a bit of a problem. I mean, you know, Brad Pitt's a problem, but Angelina Jolie, you can see, this is Carlotta's opinion. You can just see 
ass was a problem. From Billy Bob Thornton to drinking blood valves, this bitch is a problem, okay? This bitch, she's a problem. You know she's a problem. Even with kids, she, Brad Pitt's ass, you know, when that cookie cat wasn't no joke. Brad Pitt, I'm not saying that she ain't lying about Brad Pitt. And she, Brad Pitt could be abuser. I'm not saying that she's not lying about him. He could be. But I'm just saying that is some devil coochie. Okay, devil coochie. You can look at each other, devil coochie. I remember, I remember one time she was saying that she was, didn't she say she was bisexual or something like that? She's devil coochie. Okay. And uh, I think she even said that in relations, like she still likes, she still likes what she, you can just, it's sensuality oozing all out of her. Like, I knew she was going to take Brad Pitt on a ride that he had never been on before. <laughs> Brad, that's what you wanted out of these streets. I knew when she started having all them babies, adopting them babies and having them babies. Like, what's her name? What's, what's like Josephine Baker? She was a problem. Because Josephine was a problem. Josephine, have you ever read Josephine Baker's life story? Josephine was a fucking problem. She was beautiful, but she was a that man, that white man went crazy. He's adopting them babies. She just was adopting them. Just adopting them. That white man went crazy. He literally went crazy. He literally had to leave her ass. And then she made it feel like it was his fault. He was, the man was like, I'm breaking down here. You're adopting too many kids. I feel like Brad Pitt probably had a breaking moment, probably. It, he probably had a breaking moment. I feel like Angelina Jolie got that Josephine Baker energy. <laughs> I could be wrong. Now, I'm not saying nobody should be abused. And it's no woman's fault for being, you know, getting in an abusive situation. But I feel like Angelina Jolie could possibly have that Josephine Baker energy. And, you know, that can break a man down. It can break a man down. You you couple that with uh, devil coochie. Oh, God. The man, he don't know what to do. He got, he, now he got all these babies on him, crawling on him. And, you know, at first it was all sexy and lusty and passionate. Now you got eight motherfucking kids running around the house. And you're like, what's going to happen? And you, and you see, like, you keep adopting more. Yeah, like she had, they got three on their own, right? Person. You know, it's a lot. He broke the fuck down. He don't know what hit him. He got he got lured into the web. Okay. I feel like Josephine Baker has cookie, uh, devil cookies. Not in a bad way. In a bad way. So devil cookies is not bad. It's good to have devil cookies. Okay, you just got to understand that you have uh, a certain powers available to you and that you can't, people may become infatuated to, with you to the point that they allow you to do any fucking thing. And then when they wake up out their stupor, they're kind of fucked up in their head because they're like, what the hell? I just... And they might react to you in a way that's not good because you, if you've taken advantage of it. And my opinion is that Angelina Jolie lure Brad Pitt. <laughs> this is my, now I'm not saying that she's not a victim of abuse. If she is, I, re, I retract my statement. But listen, I feel, Carlotta 101, that she lured Brad Pitt into the into her with the demon cookie and she set out her agenda. She already was adopted children before him, but she said after she has a perfect man for the father now, and now she wraps him up, and then he doesn't realize, he doesn't care at first that he's getting all these kids. But suddenly, it's probably less of her coming, and he just messed up out of his shit, and, you know, didn't know the spell breaks. 
Yeah, bro. He might have been abusing spot kicking kids, they ass kicking everybody. I'm not saying it's right. Okay, I'm not. This is not a political correct. So I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying what humanity what happens with humans. Okay, I'm not saying it's Angelina's fault or the kids' fault if he was abusive. Okay, I'm just saying that women with that kind of prowess, prowess to be very careful in how you use them and how you draw them into your, you know, your their your leer. And when you draw them in, you have to you have to gently you have to gently be gentle with them because. You know, your demon coochie is a lot. So <laughs> it's a hot mess. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was our last story. Oh my lord. <sighs> I apologize now uh, for any bad thing I've ever said on these shows. I apologize to the beehive. I just apologize. I apologize because I know that if ever one day, you know, I get into the public, I. They're going to dig up each other. I apologize for any crazy, nutty, shitty thing I've said. I, I extend my apologies now, cancel culture. I do. <laughs> you guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. I completed part two. I don't know if you're going to have a part two this week. Don't ask me because I completed part two, literally, okay? So y'all have a good one. Uh, rest of y'all weekend, enjoy, get out here and enjoy this weather. It's really good, okay? So I'm leaving the show with this good song I heard this week. I really love it. By Tankeria Hayward, Tankeray Hayward. I think that's how you say her name. It's caught up. It's all caught up. Oh, I love it. When they say they can't find good R&B at the Grammys, what they be talking about? There's a lot of good R&B singers out here in these streets, okay? So let's leave with that. Caught up. I'm out. I will see you guys uh, next week or maybe this week if we have something real big to talk about, okay? It's the Carlotta Childwood Show. Have a good one, guys. Kiss, hug, say, repeat. Kiss, hug, say, repeat. Kiss, hug, say, repeat.